Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 47 of Beer Not the Podcast, Adjunct Series, Quarantine Edition. This evening, folks, we have a brewery that was, uh, funnily enough, we were supposed to have them on our previous series that we started, our previous season even, at the start of uh, 2020 called Against the Grain. We had the podcast booked in, and that week happened to be the second week of lockdown, so obviously that didn't happen. Uh, we held off because we didn't know how long this was going to last. And being that it's uh, almost a year, we figured that, uh, you know what, I think it's time we have these gentlemen on. So the the, uh, the brewery we have on tonight are essentially legends in the game already, only in a few short years here in Quebec. They literally changed the face of, uh, of craft beer here. Um, I'm sure they're going to be humble about it, but they goddamn well did. I'm just going to bring these champions on. We have also co-hosting with me this evening. He hasn't been on for a bit, and you guys have missed his pretty beard. Noah Forrest from Beerers, and we have Marc-Andre and Gabriel of Brasserie du Bar Canada. Make some motherfucking noise. Yes, boys. Yes, yes, yes. We need the phone. How you doing, everybody? Thank you so much for hanging out. How's it going? Y'all good? We're good. Love it. Um, mate, I'm super stoked to finally have you guys on. It's uh, like I said, didn't work out last year because of the, uh, the pandemic, but you know what? We don't know how long this is going to be. So until we can get down, I think this is the next best thing. Um, so appreciate y'all. Noah, thank you for coming back again. It's, uh, always Anytime. lovely to see your face. So we're going to, was have, it almost a year ago since, it, uh, since it's, you were going to be there? It was, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I have some sort of ridiculous date memory. I think it was like ma- March 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. And I think the lockdown started on the 16th, Monday the 16th. So it was that following week. So we had two more podcasts booked. We had one that week. And then we had Bar Canada on like the Monday or something. And it's um, crazy. Yeah, but I think during that week, we weren't really sure. It was like a lockdown. Like, oh, and I, I hit up Mark Andre. I'm like, yo, dude, what do you think? He's like, yeah, yeah, we should, we should can it. But yeah, you're right. Because it felt kind of weird. We was actually supposed to be in Toronto that weekend too for a wedding. We had a wedding. They canceled the wedding. So we were like, all right, these people canceling the wedding. So we're like, well, obviously, you know, no one knew really what was happening. So it was definitely for the best. So we kind of like had this season. I was super excited because we talked about you guys in that season a lot. It was called Against the Grain. The point was basically other breweries like you guys. We only had six breweries in total. Um, and there were breweries who would, you know, had started off doing the haze and things like that uh, in Quebec long before anyone else was. And you guys were referenced so often. The other brewery was Boreal, so I know you guys work with them and stuff. But, like, those two were canceled. And to be honest, I was extra pissed because it was those two episodes were arguably the most important because it felt unfinished. Like, it tied it all together. So I was like, you know, that, that's what I didn't follow back up. I was just like, oh, you know. Maybe by August it'll be done and we can come back or something. And then, you know, here we are close to a year later. So, you know, we were talking. Noah, obviously you've been uh, mates with the boys for a while. So it made sense to just, you know, let's just get something on the on the boards, you know. Um, with that in mind, we're going to start off with this bad boy, Hyper 9 or Ipa. I always call it Hyper. Is it weird when I say Hyper? I don't think no, so. Both are accepted. <laughs> we call it okay. Hyper. Quarter hype. Okay, good, good. Just want to make sure. So this is your rotating hop series uh, IPA. Um, glass, too. How? Oh, you got the glass, yes. 
How many uh, variants are there? Isn't it, isn't it 12 or is it 10? Uh, actually, it's 11. 11, okay. Perfect. So, do you guys- and what's, uh, what, what hop variation is this one? So this one is the uh, double dryer version with uh, Citra, uh, Citra and uh, Big Secret. Citra and Big Secret, okay. Now, when you're saying double dry hopped, are they not all double dry hopped? Uh, no, actually the um, amount of hop, like if you compare each version of it, it's really different. Like um, iPod 9 versus iPod 2 is almost like the double of the amount of hop used in the recipe. Okay. So when we put on a label like double dry up, it's actually pretty close to the double like amount of up than a regular version of uh, one of uh, our IPAs. Okay. Okay. Dope. I didn't actually realize they were like that different. Is it essentially the same base recipe for all eleven of them? No. And, no, it's different, eh? Okay. It's different. It's different. But actually, it's a really good question because uh, for some people feeling that it's all the like all the version are a little bit the same beer, mm -hmm. and it's not like it's not true, but it's not that false. It was okay. a little bit more um, like want to work that series that there's a kind of a confusion in like all version, but, but it's all different base mold. Uh, sometimes the um, water profile is different, and uh, like, and also it, well, it's all different up combination. So, yeah, the, there's some of the like kind of uh, yeah, there's some common um, flavor and texture and all those beer, but they are also all very different more different than people than people realize that's really good to know that's, yeah. that's really yeah. interesting too because and i think it works really well for the market in the sense that if you were packaging these all completely different every time with different artwork and whatever then people might think like oh all their beers all taste the same even though yeah. you are making changes whereas in by taking this approach and keeping kind of a similar theme, like you said, but just changing the number, changing the hop profile, people are still willing to go out and try them all, but they're not going to be disappointed that, you know, two tastes a bit like four or whatever, because they're kind of expecting it to have a similar profile mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Really and uh, like, by the way, yeah. And two and four are very far away. Like, okay. honestly, like, oh. uh, <laughs> As type of beer, like I would say that there's like, like just say it easily, like there's EPA profile is more like on the dry side, a little bit like more place for hop to shine. There's some mm -hmm. that it's like dry, but a little bit like rounder and more fruity side. And there's the one that are way rounder with like, uh, with the base malt with the, <clears throat> is a golden promise or something rounder. So that's people, the people that think that they're drinking the same thing, like from a EPA from another, they're. There, uh, if you have a like a tasting like between two, three, uh, two, four, and nine, you'll see that it's it's different. Interesting. 
is that something that a lot of people say? Like, do you get a bit of feedback from the the drinkers that people are saying that, or is it more just like false accusations that people are, are sort of throwing out there? No, it's just we always like stuck with some details, details like that. That uh, I heard someone in like I don't know Facebook or anything, and I see a post that oh, I thought it's a little bit like all the same. So right. always stuck with those little things, but it's it's like normal. It's just we we are not like looking at like accusation or stuff like that it, and it's fine people are drinking the beer and if they have opinions and about the beer it's it's really fine and it's good it's good to have feedback also but uh, yeah it's really interesting because and i've seen a lot of those comments and not about our ideas necessarily but about ideas in general that uh People feel that these IPAs are a little bit like always the same thing with like different ops or different op combinations in it. And it's it's true in a way, but it's also like false in a way. It's it depends a lot of the um, brewery signature behind the beer, but also like it's not because like IPAs from the brewery taste like Best example for me is like um, IPAs from Treehouse. For me, like IPAs from Treehouse, it, they have like a very, very like unique signature behind. Yes, they have like different type of ops, uh, malt, uh, maybe yeast and sometimes, but I taste Treehouse um, at the end of a can. It's like, so there's, there's a lot of like opinion about it, and there's there's now a lot of a lot of people like who think that like you taste IPAs from Canada and it's it's all the same, or IPA from I don't know Triarts uh, or other app. But for me, I like that uh, that signature of like the breweries behind the um, behind the product. That's a really good point. Funnily, you mentioned that I got a bunch of um, beers from the States recently from The Vale and from Trillium and I was drinking them with my girlfriend the other night and we had a whole bunch of haze like back to back and every single one was phenomenally different. Like it was actually like surprising how different everything was. And like you were saying, uh, Marc-Andre, that like say Hyper 2 and 4 are mad different. I bet if people lined up even just three or four from the Hyper series and actually tried them, they'd have the same experience it sounds like. Like everything is super, super. You see the variance. Yeah, but it's the, also what's important like, like is like. Go on, Mark. But the most important about the people who think, even the people that think that it's the same beer, they say it's fucking great beer. So that's the most, that's an important part of the thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people, they always enjoy the fucking beer. But yeah, if they man. don't, like, no matter what, I think, like Gab tell, told her the year, like, it's we have our own signature and people are able to recognize it in our beer. So that that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, man. No, what you were saying? Um, I don't remember. Okay, you come back. <laughs> um, Jacob from Sankiem is in there. Says, "What up, homies? Jacob in the building. You fucking legend. Another Gatineau champion. Oh, there was nice. really something special happening up there. Up? Um, loving everything. Yes, yeah, something in the water, right?" Eh? It, it genuinely is. Yeah. So uh, 
yeah, this beer is exceptional. This is like a tropical fruit punch. It's it's glorious. I've probably had six of them maybe, and but I haven't had them side by side, so I don't recall. But this, I feel like this, the other ones didn't taste like this. It has a totally different body. Um, it's a nice six point five, which no one I always talk about. I love that between six and seven percent money zone for IPAs. Like yeah. great creamy body, wicked you know bursting bright nose. It's uh, this glorious, boys. It's fantastic. So. Let's uh oh here someone's saying Montreal Live is saying uh the Dryad D I don't know how to say that. The Dryad yeah. is the best beer I've ever had. Just incredibly difficult to get the beer in Monterigi. That's one of the best you guys have done, I think, too. Yeah. Best double. I think best double. Yeah. Dryad and uh, probably Oceanid. The double IPA is my two favorites. Okay. That's pretty good. I love it. Yeah. That's dope. So people know. So let's get into both of your beer histories because I actually don't really know, which I'm, so I'm fascinated to hear more. Whoever wants to start, talk about how you got into beer um, and then we can go to the other and then we'll get into sort of how that led into the brewery itself. Whoever wants to start. Sure. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll start. So uh, basically, uh, Gab and I are uh, are friends from long time, but we're also like home brewing uh, partners. So that's okay. where everything started. Cool. Starting like brewing at my apartment and brewing a lot of fucking styles and a lot of beer and big volumes and uh, hosting some big parties and people literally like starting to pass to we would I would do like growler fillings and like. People just wanted our beers, and we knew we at a certain point that we had a certain talent. And we come. I I worked in the hospitality industry like for all my life, and I know how to sell alcohol. And I just some of the it's some of the thing I like the most in life is tasting wine, beers, and all different like the whatever like spirits and stuff. So yeah, I think we I just thought at a certain point that uh, we were the the best people like to start a project like that in Gatineau. So. So yeah, that's basically like how, like the beer, like it started in the beer industry, and also like just to be in love with like craft breweries. That's the, like going to Old Farmstead, man, and having like the first Easy IPA, like it's like, just I don't know, like it just I just fell in love, and yeah, I love it. So Mark, you were brewing too, eh? So both of you were brewing together. Yeah, I don't brew right now at the brewery. Actually, okay. I'm not at all uh, in the brewing process. Gab is uh, the is the chef brewery, and we have also brewers at the brewery. Okay. But uh, yeah, we used to uh, be on brewers together uh, at the beginning, and uh, yeah, that's when? where everything started. But that's so cool. Go on. No, it's okay. That's it. I was gonna ask. Um, were you said you guys were brewing a whole bunch of different styles when you were home brewing? Were you doing like haze and maybe pastries and you know some of the stuff that you guys are, are very well known for now? Were you doing that in the homebrew days? Uh, not quite, um, uh, actually. When we go, Gab. Yeah, it, it's funny because um, no, actually, we're we're mostly like brewing like Belgian stuff, right? And. Okay. Yeah, we grew we grew a lot of IPAs, but it was like before that they were like easy IPAs at the time were like the Alchemist 
Like one, yeah. Okay. It, it was a bit like, it was not like filtered IPAs and like stuff from our West Coast IPAs. It was like kind of the ancestors of AZ IP, you know, is IP we know today. But actually, uh, when we brew our first AZ IPs, it was, it was not as homebrew. It was like from like new recipe from scratch at the brewery. But some of the first batches reminds me our first onboard batch of IPAs because we it was a time that it was like the race for IBUs mm. and we just want the beer right. to taste so bitter and like <laughs> kind of almost undrinkable and we were like unable to achieve that goal because our beer was kind of easy and not bitter enough. It was like mostly on like, it was not like creamy, like actual easy IPA, but it, it was something like kind of close to it. And it was mostly because of like malt we were using and because we were not not in control of many parts of the process and also because of like water chemistry. So it was fun because we we were brewing at some point like easy IPAs, but it was like not the goal. It was like at that point it was to do like better IPA with like a lot of IBUs and stuff like that. And we were brewing a bit of stout also, but it was and although uh I think we tried to do at one point stop milk styles with coffee. Like that's the, the yeah milk styles with coffee. Dust tabernacles was the yeah. We have tried to the dust tabernacles. Uh, yeah, we have done like a kind of ombu version of milk. We kind but of add like a milkshake IPA version, like. Say that again, man. Yeah, like, like the, the the ancestor of uh, Los Tabernacles was brewed like was one of our last uh, like home brew uh, brews we did. And, but yeah, at home yeah, it was mainly it was like a lot. It was like uh, it was like saison with like purees or like whatever hobby saisons. Mm. Uh, at the end, we were putting some dregs, some fruit. Uh, but yeah, the adjuncts on the styles were uh, it was with the brewery and it was way later. We did the yeah. Gab and the the production like uh, team did a lot of work and a lot of research to uh, because it's a new process. Like even like for the renowned brew, even the breweries that brew that kind of beer, there's always like something new and a different way of extracting or like trying to source like better stuff. And so we're always improving. Okay. That's fascinating. Cause I didn't realize that, uh, that this house started Noah. No, you're going to say, but actually when it comes, yeah, also when it comes first, to, like the, then it's so funny. Whoever wants to go. <laughs> no, good. Noah. Um, I was just going to say, I mean, and we'll obviously talk about it later when we drink the stout, but um, you you guys essentially pioneered that style in the province, and I think to this day, no one's really come to the to the point where you are. 
um, at least from what I've tried. Because you guys kind of started off with Garipé and then Substance, and then that kind of took off from there. And then you've been consistently brewing these these crazy pastries. Um, and then I'd say what, like this year is when it really took off locally where everybody's, uh, you know, putting their hands in it. And I've had a few and sometimes they're okay, but sometimes they're just, they're just not, they don't, they don't really work. Um, so it, it's, you guys have really not only pioneered that, but consistent are still way above everyone else. In my opinion, I had a couple from Misorum recently that were, were quite something. So I don't know if you like shared your magic knowledge with them, but um, they, no, they, they were like getting the that body, yes. that's like That's a similar all. body that you can. <laughs> Jerks. Um, but yeah, anyway, all this to say, um, I, I think it's crazy impressive how much you've not only pioneered that, but at this point, um, I'm kind of getting tired of sweet, uh, Imperial sweet stouts unless uh, it's one of yours, and then I'm just ecstatic to uh, <laughs> to just dive right into it every time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that's nice. Yeah, man, it's. Uh, I don't. I think I've only ever tried this. I'm excited for this one. I've only ever tried it once, and it was uh, a tasting that we did about a year ago at one of Noah's friend's house, and it was like I don't remember it. I was vomiting that night. It was it was too much, so I don't remember it. So I'm excited to. <laughs> To, to try it. It wasn't cool at all. <laughs> it was terrible. It was very bad. Um, uh, I think you tried Garipé, though, no? I, looking at that, I think that was the only time I... I did it with Nate. What? Me and him had it? I thought you had shared one with Nate or something. Fuck. I thought you had one with Nate once and thought it was Garipé, but I could be wrong. And look, you know, potentially, you got a better memory than me. But I'm excited for that. So then, okay. I, <laughs> I wasn't even there. Yeah, it's okay. We'll get there. Um, Gab, what was your um, beer history? I know you know more about what I'm drinking than, than I do. What, um, what is your beer That's history? It, my, yeah. That's interesting because uh, actually my father was uh, co-owner of uh, one of the first craft in Quebec. So it was a long time ago at the, like, all the period after uh, Unibrew started to be like popular, and they were like uh, from that time they have still Bilbotte, uh, RG, Cheval Blanc, and stuff like that. So there were like four people. They started a brewery in um, I don't know if you know Petite Nation, but like all the area close of Montebello. Okay, they started very small craft brewery uh, in Saint-André-Avelin. And it was like all the uh, the period with all the people that were trying to um, like to do Belgian style and to uh, distribute and like sold bottles and, and stuff like that. And I was like, during that period, I think I was like 10 to 12 years old. So I worked a bit at the brewery actually I was uh, doing like work on the bottle machine during the summer, and so it was like my first contact with the craft brewery. And like during my twenties, I was working on hospital peak, and I start to uh, to have some kind of passion for wine, basically. So I studied the sommelier program, and I was working in the like. In the wine industry, I was working in restaurants and stuff like that. And um, at one point, because like mo most of people 
uh, in wine industry uh, are at one point tired to drink wine. I was drinking a lot of beer. And so I started to drink beer with, with Mark. And I was always like very interested about uh, winemaking and all, uh, all the process, fermentation and stuff like that. And it was always a dream to have like a wine yard or to, to work more on the production side for wine. But like living in Gatineau, it's like wine, it's so about the climate and like it's in Quebec and Gatineau, we start to, uh, and like Ontario also start to have like a little bit more wineries, but I, like at that point, we were like almost, almost no people like having wine project and stuff like that. So we start to homebrew because like when you do like homebrew, you start with the same ingredient as like any breweries. So everyone start at the same point. So we decide that it was like interesting at least to try. So we we start to uh, to homebrew. At first, it was like um, was a kit that you mix with water and you boil it, and after put some like dry yeast, and maybe you have a beer at the end. But after a couple of baths like that, we start to uh, read about about it and to try to uh, improve our equipment and stuff like that. So, Basically, my story related to that. Okay. And general. That is dope. Thank you. So then, like Mark was saying before, you guys realized that it started to become popular. You guys are brewing stuff, like the Belgian type of things and just yeah. interesting stuff. At what point or what happened to make you guys like look at each other and be like, yo, we should, we should do this for real? That's uh, two things. People literally like we would do like like every we would brew like eighty liters a, a fucking week. That's the first thing. Okay. And like at my apartment, like we <laughs> brewed like almost ten thousand liters in three years. Jesus. We were very serious. Like honestly, even right. at the beginning, we were very, very, very serious yeah. about our stuff. So yeah, that's the that, that's how success happens. You just believe in your stuff and. You promote it, and there's people around. They're like, "Hey, yeah. man, we like your stuff. We want to drink it. Like, can you fill my growler?" And like, yeah, that's after a certain point. Like, uh, I was working at Gainsborough, Gab also. We knew a lot of, uh, so we knew uh, certain yeah. brewers. We knew some beer, beer geeks. We're always drinking beer, like tasting and stuff, visiting like Vermont and uh, whatever, like the Montreal and beer destination, and like just. We had a certain point, like, I think also our age, we're, like, mid-30s. We're, like, hey, it's our chance. Like, there will be no other chance. Like, let's try it. Let's, yeah. let's like, at a certain point, I'm, I said to Gab, we have one year. Let's try for a year to start a brewery. If it's, if it's okay, we'll have a brewery. Otherwise, we'll just continue doing our stuff. And fortunately, uh, it worked. That's amazing. So yeah, obviously, I think it's uh, yeah. Yes. No, it's fucking. That's the cool. It's the coolest shit. You're right because you took it serious. You were consistent over time. You got better really fast, and then you rolled the dice. And like you said, you believed in yourself and you put your money up. I love it. 
that's the best story we, I can have here. We were yeah. all in, man. I put all the fucking money I have in my life, I put it in the brewery. And same for Gab. And we the rest, we asked for people around us to yeah. help us start. And that's that's it. We were all in, literally, on our projects. That That's how much we believe in our stuff. So. That's so cool. It's yeah. amazing. It's the only it started to be like very good at asking money at football. <laughs> <laughs> Become professionals. Like, come on, guys. I bet they're all pretty happy now, though, right? Oh, yeah. They're doing, uh, they're yeah. doing well. Yeah. yeah so, I think so. I think no, so. no one's stressed. I think you guys are doing all uh, right. Have, uh... Did you say no one's stressed? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one's stressed <laughs> about getting paid back. So, yeah, right, man. Uh, look, that's a beautiful story, particularly in beer, right? Where it's not an industry but that's known for money and shit. We don't have money neither, man. We don't have rich <laughs> yeah. parents. My money right. did. Uh, my mother did not give me a single dime, and same for Gab also. So they helped us in a certain point for support or whatever, but it was not their money, man, that financed the project. That's great. I love it. You made it happen, man. So when did you open? I guess it was, was it 2018? Or seventeen. Uh, November seventeenth, two thousand seventeen. All right, so we just passed the three months. Okay, okay, okay. And you chose Gatno yeah. uh, because at the time, this is something to actually touch on. Um, we had uh, Ella de Rivon recently and Sankiem, and from what we gathered, there wasn't. You guys were like kind of what Noah said. Like you guys really like did something completely new in the area. It had a couple of older um, style breweries. But when you guys came, you, it's like you took a risk on Gatineau. So what made you want to open up in that region that wasn't known for beer? <clears throat> um, that's, a, that's a really good question, actually. I, I think the main reason is because we were living in Gatineau, but... Also because, like, um, Mac was, he, like, Mac's from the Gatineau. Uh, I'm not, like, technically from okay. Gatineau, but I live most of my life in Gatineau. But he left for Montreal. He come back at one point. And there was a lot of people from our generation who left Gatineau to study in Montreal, Quebec City, or other places. And we, we were probably all having the same opinion about, about Gatineau that it's freaking lame and there's nothing there. So at one point we were like brewing beer and we were still complaining about there's nothing here. So I don't know, we probably like just decide that we might stop complaining and try to do something mm. and try to have like if there's like not beer or not enough brewery here or not enough restaurant or not enough bar, might try to do something instead of like just saying that they get to know it's not nice or sexy or I don't know. It's just like a little bit of like, yeah, a little bit of everything. And personally, I was, um, um, yeah, I left also in 2015 to work in DC. And at one point when I was in DC, I was um, talking with Mark about 
like be serious about the brewery. And I, at one point I decide, okay, I'll go back to Quebec and we'll work seriously about, uh, about like having a business plan and like to, to start like a business and to be like a bit more focused about it. Interesting. Okay. So it was a few years genuinely in the making. So you chose Gatineau, you were both there. Um, essentially what you've turned it into, I guess, all the other breweries were crediting you guys as the sort of architects of the new Gatineau Renaissance type of thing, which is, is pretty dope. So <laughs> when you opened, were, did you open with um, the type of beers that you were homebrewing, like the Belgian stuff? Or what, what did that look like? Like what kind of beers did you start with? Yeah. It, it was like a... Yeah, it looked a little bit a more of... of both. Let's go ahead, uh, yeah, what, uh, yeah, like Gab said, it was a little bit of a mix, but like, it was closer, I would say, to what we do during the homebrew. But also, when you test an equipment at the beginning, you don't take too much risk. So there was no, like the first four, the four first breweries, there was no hops involved or that much, just in case we had to dump the stuff. So we were basically like yeah. just running our stuff and discovering like, yeah. Yeah, a lot of things. So, yeah, the five first beers were, even if there's beers, we still continue to brew. We're more of a, on the pub style, uh, less on the hoppy. And, yeah, it improved. It, it, like, at a certain yeah. point, like, I think it was, like, in March or April of 2018, we did a shift, like, okay, fuck that. We're doing IPA and Los Tabernacles, and that's what people want, and that's what we do good. And, like, it was, like, a major. Major, major hop shift. Uh, still continue to do like kind of a sometimes classic style for the pub, but it was very, very hop forward. Like, and that's right. when things started like big time. And so at the big, I remember when I first started seeing you, your guys' stuff popped up. You, you'd have, I think they were five hundred mil bottles that didn't have labels, and you had like tags on them. And then it went from mm. that, and I, I kept seeing like stuff on social media about like hey this imperial stout is really good and then you guys were doing distro but just the, the just the big crowd uh crowlers um, and i remember hypa mm -hmm. and and yeah. lost have alnacos and you had some like you had artwork on the labels but it was the same often the same label with just different writing on it um and i remember having hypa for and and lost Tabernacles for one of the first uh, times and, and being kind of floored by it and it was kind of just the the beginning of it all I guess at that point Do it was really Noah? after that that people really started no noticing yes you're right and now I, I totally forgot we did a podcast with David Atman in 2018 in the summer yes in like July we did and it was a huge deal because multi hops got some crowlers. So we went to yep. multi-hops and like, all right, let me get some. I got some for the podcast, some for me for later. And I never tried your stuff before. And I remember when we, I think it was Hyper 4 and there was, there was a double. It was IPA. Hyper 4. It was a, it was a double, yeah. And I the double, that. it started with A. Do you remember a double IPA started with A, Mark? Yeah, August. I it was the first double IPA of the Imperial uh, series, August. August. Okay. We, we never did it on 473. Oh, it was only in crawlers. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we had. And I think we might've even had lost type of yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is ridiculous. 
and uh, and then I, I think not too yeah. long later you started. Um, yo, and then I met you at um, Furuni. 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 Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was taking a piss. I was, and then I was, I was pouring beer for her. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was. An, yeah. I was uh, pouring yeah. beer for. Yeah. Uh, I kept going back to you to get uh, homage. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was a fuck. That was a good day. Exactly. Yeah, you have a good memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. I specifically yeah, it was remember. Homage was the yeah. It was a yes. big your favorite. That was a big one that day. Yeah, man. That was yeah. a. And uh, what a fab. Go. Oh man, what a fabulous event! Like still to this day, the Just best. Such a really beautiful world. event. Oh man, best beer festival I've ever been. It really was incredible. Like honestly, everything very well organized. Good. Uh, everything was perfect, man. Honestly, like. Even well, like, well, I had the chance like to go to Florida and New York for like uh, festivals and whatever a little bit in Quebec and like Foudrini, It's just there's nothing like it. Like there's just I have the feeling like I don't know at what point they will be able to redo it, but like yeah, I don't know about this. Such summer. an incredible yeah, yeah. It was, it was supposed to be August last year. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, are we gonna do the firm more? Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. Okay. yeah, perfect. And so is this gentleman. Or yes, lady. Electronic Dance Muse says, Hey, Bar Canada, I'm drinking your firm more right now. So many hops, including the Solvent. So good and fresh. Well, isn't that convenient? Ben, do you mind grabbing uh, the one that Mark has in his hand? Firm more. Thank I you so much. Oh, there. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, so, Mark, tell us, about, uh, tell us about this bad boy. This is a double, yeah? Yeah, no, uh, no actually, no, regular. it's an IPA. Oh, sick. It's okay. IPA. With, yeah, so, like, just my tasting, like, notes, I would say it's super dank, like, it's the Nelson Sauvain on top, like, that's the that's the first thing I smell, like, that's that's what's going on right now, like, Nelson Sauvain is there, so it's dank and fruity, more on the dry side of our IPAs than on the round side. Mm, super good, man, the smell is incredible. Oh, super dank. Tobacco, like, oh man, it's good. Oh, yeah. Um, this is great. I thought it was a double. I was like, oh, we're gonna get fucked up tonight, but okay, this is this is much better. <laughs> um, tell us about you're uh, still getting fucked up, but yeah, a bit slower. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. Um, tell us about this this name. I'll, I'll put it this way. This has got a pretty dope. This label is cool, man. This this artwork is fantastic. I love the um, the lettering. Like, tell us about this. Is this from a series? What's well, it's, it's a regional thing, I think, right? Okay, that's yeah, exactly. That's a yeah, exactly. Come more actually. It's a NCC. Uh, it's a NCC building and uh, land that had previous like uh, previous projects going on, but it's such like. It's it's basically an all like to hang out like it's a farm like it's agriculture and you you see on one side Ottawa and just like people basically today like they just pass by it like there's nothing going on and by the way the artwork is done by Alex Mercier which is an art Ooh, director yes. and does most of our label and He's the photography amazing. is from uh, Levi El Marquis, which is a, a incredible like. Uh, video artist and photography does a lot of photography also and yeah fair more basically it's like we at a certain point gab and i and some other people were like pitching to try to literally like uh, exploit it exploit the 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 more farm like wanted to do a kind of like tap room uh, fermentarium mm-hmm. That's cool. 
slash uh, yeah and it kind of when we met the people at the ncc we seen that it was more complicated than we thought but yeah like all this line of beer fermore bank hotel standish hall uh, it's like it's part of our like heritage in utahway it's either like building that used to have like, a lot of activity like as for standish hall it used to be an hotel and also a uh, a um, a jazz theater and okay. uh, Chicago used to be a very famous bar, which was one of our customers also at a certain point. And it's like the nickname of the Vieux is Petit Chicago. Okay. And uh, yeah, so and Bank Hotel is one of a, it's a very famous uh, bar that closed, uh, I think in 2006. Yeah, Brian? 2003? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I sorry guys, I'll ask Early you to uh, switch computer. That's okay, just call back. Same number, we'll, same yeah, link. Yeah, no I'll be back in two minutes. No problem sorry, at all, guys. Nah, you're fine, man. Okay, so it's a cool... Speaking yeah, of like Bank Banco Hotel... Yo. I was going to say, speaking of Bank Hotel, that that's the beer that introduced me to Sabro, right? You guys are like always right on the cusp of the trends. That, 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 mm -hmm. that Sabro kick it, it, to this day it's probably my favorite beer that has sabro in it it's so luscious and big and um fruity anyway go on sorry you're talking <laughs> but yeah like you speaking about sabro there's a lot of brewers like some of our friends that like they hate sabro and there are a lot of hopheads that don't like like the coconutty or like the sabro yeah but in our bank hotel yeah. it's just like well, like it's uh, it's married with Citra, so Bank Hotel, I think, uh, actually, sorry, Sabro needs to have so like well. a more juicy fruit forward hop to go with it, and it's just incredible. It's silky, like it's it's so you you almost believe like it's like gives sweetness to the beer. Like, I don't know, it just it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Bank Hotel, we brew it yeah. like every six to eight weeks, so we're pretty happy that it's kind of like a yeah, it's like, a, I would say, like a milestone beer at a certain point. Like, people want it, and we'll be able to to brew it, like, yeah, every six or eight weeks. So that's so that's basically, like, the the kind of idea be, behind that uh, that line of products. And mm. it's different profile mm. from IPA also, more, like, on the dry side. And we do a lot of, like, different uh, combination or, like, as example for, like, Chicago is, like... Uh, <clears throat> It's a Citra, but like uh, in three, like in Creole and uh, in um, in Pellet and in, in Canino. So, yeah, we try different uh, ops and different, uh, yeah, uh, in different uh, like combinations. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah, uh, not combination, but like in the, because the, oh, the ops in three different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, for this one, so, we've yeah. got El Dorado, Nelson Solvan, Amarillo, Moteca, and Enigma. Is are any of these cryo or are they pellets? What's what's the um, what's the hops in this one? This is exceptional. Yeah, it really is. Is it is this pellets or is this cryo? What's what's in this one? Yeah, it's all pellets. All pellets, yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. we are not using a lot of cryo hops. What do you think about them? Using. Uh, it's it's like it's like every like new art product that there's like also incognito there's always like some mm. um, CO2 extract and stuff like that it's 
it's good tools. Um, but for me, I always prefer to have like the feel of the, the ops from the pellets. Okay. Like older rule may, may have like the same feeling about like you using leaf or stuff like that, which is today like very not really usual, but it was like a couple of years ago. I don't know. It's right. just the way I used to work with us. But I feel like that Cryo Incognito and like all those new products are super useful, especially when we try to build like layers of flavor to do like um, an IPA or double IPA using only like one varietals, like doing like, like Pitch Chicago, it's only Citra, but we are using pellets, uh, cryo and also Incognito in it. And it's all give different, like, um, like it's all Citra, but it's all different, like, layers of flavor. It's not exactly the same thing. Like, and Canito doesn't taste like pellet and right. same thing with um, cryo. So okay. give more complexity. What's interesting, um, I've heard that a lot of these new hopping techniques are to reduce some of the vegetal flavors that you can get and stuff like that. Um, but I've never gotten anything like that in any of your beers. And that's another question I wanted to ask and what your, maybe what your, you guys opinion is on this and why, um, your beers don't ever seem to be this way, but talking about like greenness or sharpness in new England yeah. IPAs, yeah. a lot of the newer breweries have, um, go down that route right where it's you know you take a sip and it's yeah. it's literally burning the back of your throat and and there's a desire yeah. for that for some consumers and mm -hmm. some people like it more than others sometimes it's nice to have just like a hint of that burns like to, to it almost gives it like it almost replaces what the bitterness used to do a little bit if the beer is quite sweet a little bit of burn can kind of balance it but you're like even when you guys really got into the the dr double dry hop kind of um world now um none of your beers have a particularly green profile while they still have that mm -hmm. brightness and sharpness that you might want so i'm just curious what you got what you guys thoughts are on that yeah that's a actually that's a really good question um i spent basically the last year thinking about it because um yeah, it's interesting. First, it depends a lot of like how you define which is like green or vegetal like component yeah. coming from the ops. Like ops is a vegetal, so it's normal. It imparts some kind of I don't know, some like green or like vegetal character to a beer. It's like for me, it's it's a normal thing. Um, like the um, fruit or like um, all other aspect you or other type of flavor you can extract from ups, for me, it define, define a bit more like the varietals of it. Like for me, citra, it tastes like uh, a wine, wide range of flavor. It can be like 
uh, citrus, mango, um, orange peel, cat pea, uh, lychee, d- depending of like crops, depending of like supplier, depending of a lot of things. So it, it's first, it's an like it's a product come from agriculture. So so it's not like it's not always like the ups doesn't taste always the same year from year. Depend of also of, of, um, a farm of supplier, but um, like personally, I'm not a huge fan of like up burn character. I love like some kind of greenness from ups, especially like there's some type of ups who's it's basically like a signature. Like for me, like. Um, I don't know, Nelson Sauvain or like Simcoe or Amarillo, they, they have all some kind of like green flavor, uh, which Almost is like, like very flavor, fine. Like... Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So so I love that component. And honestly, I'm not Me a too. huge fan of like a burn. For me, it's like... And and we have our beer as some kind of upburn at one point, like especially like uh, double or triple IPAs when they are like fresh from the canning lines. Sometimes it's it's odd, honestly. But yeah. it's why I prefer to to drink our beer at maybe like week two or three. Like two to four, actually, for me, it's it's like the best. Um, but it's, yeah, two. it's an interesting topic because yeah, sweet too. It's sweet it's pretty good for me. Yeah, it's great. And it's and yeah. it's not like a double or triple IPAs. Like there's a lot of people who like the collab we've made with tap with the Messerem called Tap Room for our anniversary release. And actually, yes, I have still. Some can of uh, that collab, and I've drank one I think last week, and for me it was like like a really really le- nice triple IPA now, and I was having a lot of uh, fun to drink it. But it like it was brewed in November. Usually we don't recommend people to drink our beer that old, but when we uh, we yeah. canned the beer, I was sitting with with Marc-André and I was like, oh man, that, sh- that beer so, so green at first. <laughs> it was good. It was good. But for me, it was like too much. And also the, the, um, the, on- the other factor is because of the, because of the COVID, we, we don't do kegs anymore. Mm. So we are canning like all the, all, all the tank and, like there's always like some kind of threshold or maybe like the last two to five case of can, they can be a bit more like charge and up component mm. than the than the first maybe uh, 100 case of can with can. So because usually we, we are canning the first part of the tank and we are doing keg with, with the rest. And with kegs, it's easy because it's we put it on tap. So if a keg is like too green or weird or stuff like that, we just discard it. 
But mm. with cans, when we canning a full tank, it's like super tricky, especially with like IPAs, and we are brewing like ninety five percent of our production is IPAs. So nice. it's it's a tough part. Sometimes I had comments from customers like they were tasting a beer, and they were seeing like, and I I drink a can, and it was like, it was good, but it was that some like up burn and I was like super surprised because I've tasted like the same beer directly from the canning line and for me it was like super smooth super creamy like very fruit forward and for them they were like it's good but it's like there's more like up burn than usual from you guys so mm-hmm. I was like a little bit like okay it's it's possible, but it's like it's the same beer, like in the same tank. But at one point, I realized that there's some point of the canning that we might have a bit more like up component than we usually have before um, before we close the tap room. Right. That's interesting. That's an interesting problem that uh, probably people don't talk about with with New England. IPAs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and also, it's it's like the 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 way you raise the the issue, Noah. I think it's it's very interesting because for now, from people for some people, like upburn, it's almost like a quality. It's not like people expect it from like IPAs, and and also it's interesting because at first, like. Easy IPAs, people were expecting like very soft beer uh, with like a lot of fruit flavor. And sometimes, like a lot of time, people were criticizing it because they were like, oh, it's just like orange juice. Mm. And now today, for, for like, it's not a new wave of people. I think it's just like different way to, uh, to appreciate or to like, a different type of uh, a different type of liking of IPAs, but some people like it like when they got the upper of it. It's it's really interesting. It's like IPAs. It's always for me like a style who's not like there's always like some evolutions. Always like moving. Where like one era, it was like. Like the IBU race after we got some yep. no, it's Vermon Hopburn race. Like ancestor <laughs> to AZ IPAs. But maybe, I don't know. You don't forgot know. the brute IPA like, guy. I know like people <laughs> and IPA. Oh yes. You guys started yeah, that shit. I, by I the talk way. about like a real era, a real trend of it. <laughs> You guys yeah, did the IPs first like one. Black IPs. Yours was great, yeah. man. Yo, yours was the first one I ever had. Yeah, and you guys were fucking genius, by the way. fucking good. Um, I got a bunch of questions and comments I want to bring up in a sec because people are asking questions. But the yeah. Girard Como one, it was genius. The name, it's fucking brilliant. Uh, for people yeah. who don't know, look him up. Yeah, um, I love the that. The fact it was a collab with Flora yeah. Hall and there was the Crowler on your side yeah. and the Flora Hall on the other side. That whole thing was yeah. so cool because just like Noah said, it's like you guys are always on the precipice of the trend. You guys are like the bleeding edge, as they say. Like you guys were, yeah. were uh, doing that shit before anybody else. And at the time, it was one of the first um, uh, uh, beer 
styles. I know we kind of make fun of it because it didn't last, but it was one of the first beer styles that since I've been into beer, it's been a decade, but I've never seen a style come out of the blue. Like New England's, we weren't, we didn't really yes. see it here in Canada, right? We were really late, but the whole world saw the brewed IPA happen at the same time. So like all of a mm. sudden, it, everyone's talking about this beer. Nobody I ever met. I, I went yeah. to San Francisco a couple of years ago and I went, I, I messaged the brewery, the social brewery who invented it and they didn't have it. I was like, yo, do you have the brewed IPA? I'm going to come by. I was so excited and they didn't fucking have it. I was like, I don't know a single person who's tried the original brewed IPA. So no one even knows what it's supposed to taste yeah. like. That's the funniest thing to me. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's yeah. a, it's a pyramidal industry, man. I don't know why. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, Herbalife, man. Herbalife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brood IPA is Herbalife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just cool that you guys but were. But Brood IPA was. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Brood IPA was really like a brewer thing, basically, because it was involving to have like super, uh, I don't know. Super dry, crisp beer, and also it, it was involving a lot of like kind of a technical twist to do it because mm. we uh, yeah. we had to use enzyme to have the beer to dry like the like the driest as possible, and yeah, it was really like a brewer trend basically, mm. and it's it, it's really interesting because like I don't know, there's probably like. Couple of breweries still bring brute IPA, but it was like a super fast wave. Yeah, at one point, fast. everyone tried to to do one, yeah. and like nobody almost brew it again. <laughs> like nobody, I've tried to do like a second trial of it, so everyone was like, "Oh, uh, we brew a brute IPA," and like a month after, like yeah. brute IPA, that was that style again. Yeah. It was like super fast and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the fastest coming. My going. Sutton collab still still gets brewed. <laughs> the one with Sutton? Uh, what was the code again? It's still. It, uh, Brett never sleeps. Brett never sleeps. That one's still going. Yeah, still Brett brewing it. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. But it, and also, it's also, it's interesting because, yeah, it's a good beer. And it's not like, I'll say like a classical brute IPA. Yeah. Because there's like bread mm -hmm. involved in it, and it's exactly. It, it's not really like a, I don't know, real brute IPA is, but yeah, it's not. Uh, it, it wasn't like follow we, like the official guideline of the style, but yeah, probably why it's no. So we just brute. basically we we did use the he does use the enzymes in it though, um, right. but right. yeah, we just. Yeah, yeah, we just picked a hop profile, and um, he did have a little bit of research on it, but um, yeah, yeah, he we we he got the I remember pouring that the enzymes in. It was weird. Um, it's like it comes from mushrooms, right? A lot of them. It's like an oh. organic yeah. based thing that just eats all Am the sugar. Amylase or something. or something, isn't it? Um, tradition. Well, it actually kind of not to get into the whole story of it, but it basically started because I was reading about it. It had just happened. And then I messaged him. I was like, here, here's an article about this new style. It would probably be something fun for you to do because you brew exclusively with Brett. 
Brett attenuates beer so much. So like you're you're basically kind of doing this anyway. It might be a fun thing to explore. And so he's like, hey, come on down, we'll do it together. And that's how it kind of got birthed from there. But I I had that one and yeah, then everyone I, I, sorry, read about obviously it. Obviously I did that one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We all read about it at the exact same time. And then everyone did it at the same time. Then everyone read about it and tried to do a declination of what they read about. And like, yeah, it was uh, mostly it was not that good, but it's still (laughs) drinkable, but it's not redoable. So we're not going to see a Black Canada brewed IPA ever again, eh? I'll let Gab answer the the question. (laughs) I think I know the answer. <laughs> on, on that on that note, I got a couple. We got a bunch of comments and uh, questions here. Uh, my boy Daniel at BC's checking in. He's a great conversation. Love that all-in approach from earlier. Apartment brewing for the win. Daniel is an avid home brewer as well. So Dan, I want to see you start a brewery, mate. Nice. Um, Electronic Dance Muse says, "Have you been using Rewaka for a long time? I'm tasting a Timber right now. Wow, you're like drinking all the same shit we had tonight." And I've only seen this hop at Hill Farmstead so far. Do you guys use um, uh, Rowak, or how long have you been using it for? Uh, first beer we've made with uh, using Rowaka with uh, was the Junction um, at our like um, anniversary release in November. It was a collab with uh, Sir John. Ah, so it was nice. the first beer we made with uh, using Riwaka. And um, actually, honestly, to be honest, I've only tasted two beers uh, with Riwaka um, before using it. It was like a beer from Il Farmstead. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of the, the IP, but I, I think it was brewed with probably like... Another ops, but I'm not sure. I think it was maybe like Nelson and Amarillo or something like that. Okay. And I find it like really interesting. And I also uh, taste um, a beer yes. from Badlands using uh, Hiwaka, but it was like the only two beers I've tried before using it. And I like the, pro- yeah, the, I find the profile interesting, but also it was maybe because like, like it's super hard to find it, so yeah. I was like, I'll try to find it and to just to maybe like have a couple of kilos of it and try to uh, to make beer. Right, and so it's always a thing. You've seen like new ups, and that ups is super hard to find, so you want to find it, but I don't right. know. So if you get it, you use it. No, what beer? But I, I I love it actually. It's a good. It's a great hub. Is this the beer that, uh, that that's Junction, the one that he was just group. talking about? This is so sick that's the collab with the Sir John um, from the anniversary. Sir John, right? This, yeah. So it's, it was uh, Dustin Sylvain Ruaka. That's a beautiful label. I love that. That's a yeah. great. Uh, it's the best Sir John beer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they were was too green. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so John loves so the. Far, uh, so far, so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Um. Daniel is saying, love a good NEIPA, but hate the hot burn. How can I get these beers out in BC? Have you guys ever done any exports? Have you, he used to live in Actually, Montreal. Actually, uh, we, uh, we have a 
we have a business. There's someone in BC that really wants to import our beer, but is that untapped? Like, sorry, untapped. That agency called Untapped, who are doing a lot of importing out here. No, actually, it's a BC. Uh, anyways, uh, Westcraft Beer Co. Something like mm. that. Yeah, Westcraft. Anyways, okay. the guy's super nice, but it's just. Our beer, like we sell it in a couple of minutes, so it's not worth it right now to do a, a, an importation right. of there. But it will possibly be our first, uh, beside like what we did last year in Ontario, which is our was our first importation at a certain point. Okay. BC will possibly be our next one. Like, in once we'll have the other uh, the other facility, and it's probably like somewhere uh, fall or winter, we'll probably do a. So BC fans, one day. <laughs> we'll get there. Dan, we'll talk. I'll see what I can do for you. Um, Stefan is in the building. Shouts to Steph. Says IPA or death. He's a big fan. He loves it. You should get it by Canada, bro. And mm. Electronic Dance Muse says DDH Oat Cream IPA is a nice style, in my opinion, better than Milkshake IPA. I guess that's in response to the Brute IPA conversation. Um, mm. Have you guys done um, Oat Cream at all? Or is it just like the Lost Tabernacles with the Milkshake? Uh, no, we have done old cream. Uh, we have done a collab with Gallicus. Nice. And yeah, it was uh, old cream IPA. But honestly, difference between That's milkshake IPAs and old sweet, cream, it's just vanilla. Uh, vanilla. But most of our milkshake IPA like having vanilla in it. So for me, like exactly, it's all coconut. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of coconut, which I prefer. Yeah. Coconut is really yeah, good. Yeah, me too. Your milkshake IPA is my favorite because it doesn't have vanilla. And it was one of the ones that kind of style a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't despise vanilla, but I find it gives... Um, even when it's not artificial, sometimes I find it gives an artificial taste. Whereas in I'm a mm -hmm. I, I'm just also just a sucker for coconut. I just fucking love coconut and food and everything. Yeah. So that's why Lost About Nacos was always a, a, favorite. a favorite of mine because it 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 gives that sweetness from the lactose and um, that other sweetness from the coconut. Um, but it, it all works, and you don't get that vanilla thing as much. I know we've done versions of it with vanilla as well, but I always prefer the coconut. I feel you. Um, yeah, me too. Actually. Speaking of the lactose, but I, we don't really care about yeah. it like we used to. But you know, we were like we had a whole thing about lactose <laughs> a year or two ago. It was still going. Yeah, but yeah the team lactose. It, it right? was at the, that was fun. Yeah, it was at the same uh, same era than uh, Brute IPA. <laughs> it fucking yeah. was. It so was. It, was. it really <laughs> was. Yo, I had, I, I, it's I wanted so, to, It's so 2019. <laughs> it's so 2000. I said that to someone the other day. <laughs> it's all about smoothie sellers now. Um. I wanted to ask you, did oh, yeah. did the team lactose inspire your lactose t-shirt with the pat with the with the pocket or was that completely separate? I was always curious if it inspired it. Um, man, I'm not the good person to answer that because uh Marc andre is more the like merch guy or stuff like that, but Okay. Yeah, but actually it's Okay, so I'll give you like uh, another answer close to your question, but we we brew a lot with like lactose, like um, in general, but also as 
like as on brewer, I've tried a lot of like different stuff with lactose. And um, I think one time we brew like something like a wheat beer with <laughs> lactose in it. Just for fun. Was it good? But that, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> lactose, it's like, I, I, okay, I, I, personally, like, I don't understand why lactose is so like... Controversial? <sighs> yeah, controversial. It's, first, it's, it's not really sweet. Like, if you taste lactose, it's like, I don't know, maybe like 20% like of the sweetness of like sh- corn sugar. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's also like, it doesn't taste anything. So when I see like people like uh, doing like a beer description or like putting like, I don't know. I, I was about to say like uh, some beer description on, on tap, but nobody give any description on it. But I also rain beer. Yeah, yeah. And write like some stuff about a beer with lactose and say they taste lactose. Lactose doesn't taste anything. It's like super bland. It's not, it's sweet, but not really. It's it mostly like, it's mostly, I see it like as a tool just to balance the body and like the texture of the beer. Mm. And, but lactose doesn't taste anything. It's right. like, I don't know. It's like if you... It's probably like the blandest thing in a beer recipe. Like mm. water, it tastes something because of the mineral component. I'm sure it tastes like even if you want to try shit tons of puree in it, it will always taste a bit, the malt. And ups, it give like some bitterness like visual component or something like that, but lactose doesn't taste anything. That makes sense. Um, I feel like you can almost feel it rather than taste it. So that means... Yeah. You do feel it. You feel it. Are you guys team lactose then? I would imagine the answer is yes. Well, they're definitely team lactose. They created t-shirts with lactose on it. So, Marc-Andre, I have a question (laughs) for you, bro. We were just talking about lactose when you were gone there, and... um, how it's so 2019 because the lacto, you know, we did the team lactose stupid shit and that came around the time of the brood IPA. So we we're making fun of it. Um, when you guys did that awesome t-shirt that had the lactose patch on it, was that inspired? I was always curious. Was that because ha- it came about the same time? Was it inspired by the team lactose shit or was it just a coincidence? I was always curious. Oh, I can't hear you. You're mute. You're uh, must, you might be on mute. Sorry, I thought I was on Zoom. That's why I was on mute. <laughs> That's okay, Sorry, guys. That's but okay. anyways, um, like the the all the all lactose story, like the the shirt, is because we have a mascot at the brewery that is called Nathan, which is the name of one of our of our stouts also, which is yeah. the rhinoceros. And I don't know, like at, at a like there's a night. I'm like, man, lactose and lacoste is the same fucking letters. Uh, okay. So, so yes. that's that's where like the that's where the t-shirt idea came. Okay, so it was coincidence. It was because of Nathan with his rhinoceros, like it's our mascot <laughs> at a certain point. So okay, but yeah, yeah lactose. So it's, nice. We just 
Sexy. I keep this on my desk. <laughs> yeah. So we basically just so do thanks. Imperial Stout to sell t-shirts. That's, only, to, that's <laughs> the only reason. Are you still selling the lactose yeah. t-shirt? Is that still around or that's gone? No. no. It's gone. No. I fucked up. I yeah, still got it's, mine. It's why next, yeah, it's why next Stout will be without any lactose <laughs> in it. God damn it. <laughs> Speaking of a stout, is a stout looks like a stout time. It's stout time. It's the. Yeah, I'm already the there. Sorry, guys. I know. <laughs> you ain't fucking around. When you get a moment, could you go to the fridge, pull out behind the waters a crowler? Thank you so much. So, the this it's particular a it's a lot of lactose, and that's what the fuck I'm talking about. So this beer, boys, is is this the first Mark? You called it a baby stout, a baby pastry stout when uh, you were telling me about it. <sighs> Is like I cannot. No, uh, yeah, few. we let's let's stay with baby style. Let's stay with baby style. Baby style, okay. And it's baby because it's seven percent as opposed to ten or twelve or whatever the fuck. Exactly. So this is a nine fifty. I don't know. This feels just really big to me. I like it. Um. So tell us uh tell us about this one it's called uh first bucket which is hilarious it just seems like a funny name it's a sweet stout with lactose coffee coconut and madagascar vanilla actually it's a first of all we have to say it's a collab with our brown bag partners for the coffee nice so that's uh sorry that they're in elmer so they're in the area so yes that's the first thing i will say as for the first bucket explanation i'll let gab uh, answer that is the head behind that? Yeah, okay. but yeah, it's it's basically super simple. Um, the way we incorporate like adjunct and stuff, um, mm-hmm. we have uh, we're using a separate tank, okay. and we are using a pump system to have the beer uh, recirculate uh, on top of the ingredient during like it, it depends on the ingredient of the stout. In that case, it's like uh, two days recirculation. Okay. But uh, the way we have to set up the system, we always lost like plus or minus a bucket of beer at the beginning just to have like all the system full of uh, beer to have like a good recirculation to don't have any like um, CO2 pocket in it. And that at one point, it like the pressure will be like fucked up and the recirculation would just stop. So we always lost that bucket, and I call it the first bucket. And also, it's because it's like a big concentrate of like all junk flavor in it. So that bucket is always, there's always a piece of coconut in it, and it's (laughs) usually like the aromas of that bucket, it's super nice. So I call it the first bucket, and we decide to call it that way because... I was the only one coming with the name for that. that? <laughs> no one was helping you. That's that's, and actually, that's always an issue because I'm not a good person to uh, to uh, to find name for beer. Right. Um, Max not that good too. So usually we have like um, uh, all our artists who have done who've done like all the very nice label and regular can. Most of the name of the beer are from the artists behind the behind the, the really? label. So they come up with the yeah. Uh, most. Yeah, no the, they have uh, 
I would never yeah, pick that. The, the, the coming up with a name, and sometimes we we change it because there's like always a brewery in Quebec using that name. Ah, but okay. most of the time, it's their uh, their their ID basically. That's crazy. So even like I mean, this, and that kind of makes sense though. I guess sorry. it kind of does, but I feel that no, sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off, Noah. Um, even like I was about to ask, was it even like the cool series where you've got all the um. What's the one like Neron and stuff, like all the gods and stuff? Like even that? Were, were they, uh, they? No, that's a different issue actually. Like the series, that particular series, it was because Gab and I were like, we weren't able to find like fucking names for beers. And <laughs> like, okay, let's do like a series and let's do it on like monumental like places and places that are dead but they they are part of like the history of the area okay so the first one i think was standish all yeah. which is the name of the band of alex which is our art director and is a very famous jazz parlor mm-hmm. like back in the day like in okay. the 20s i think louis armstrong yeah. went to play there i think so or something like that like yeah. it's very yeah. very famous place and afterwards we yeah, did I, bank I, hotel I because bank hotel Mm. Yeah. Uh, did I? Is it my? Uh, I'm not sure. No, you're good. So you're yeah, good. when we did Banco, yeah, Banco Hotel was like it's such a reference in the area. Like it's basically like the people and the public servants pub, like from the a very old place. But like when it stopped, it was like a big deal. Like when they closed, like it was like. Un- almost like unconsumable yeah. like it's a institution like kind of and it's not a bank yeah and it's not an hotel but okay. uh, it's uh, yeah it's a very like famous place interesting okay yeah. no, i, I was drinking I've... beer at that place right so there's got a bit of a uh, bit of a history yeah. oh yeah uh, just a step back for a moment and just talk about what we're drinking yeah um, please it's great. It's, um, this is a bit different <clears throat> from what you guys usually do. Um, well, not you've you've definitely two, if not three, that I can recall. Six to seven percent kind of sweet stouts. Um, this one seems <clears throat> a bit different, though. It almost seems more. Um, the body is still there, but it's not quite as. Um, I, I don't know. It's a bit more like, for lack of a better term, crushable. Like, it's yep. yeah. and the coffee's really nice because it's not subtle. It's not in your face. the The coconut almost um, is more present than the coffee. Mm. Um, but as usual, like the uh, the way that you incorporate the ag- the adjuncts and then the body. Uh, and one nice thing about this is your head retention on this is better than usual too. Like you really have like a a nice fluff going on here. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, uh, it's a really good description. I don't know why is our ad retentions better on this one, but yeah, it is uh, it is quite better than usual because when you we are using coconut coconut impart uh, so much oil, the oil to, right? to the beard. Yeah, so that's especially with. Um, like barrel aged beer, barrel aged beer, like pro- probably like the protein contents is already like a big 
a bit like break because of the aging and stuff like that. So usually it doesn't have like a lot of add, but add coconut to it, it's like there's just nothing. Like yeah. substance barrel age, there's yeah. like nothing. There's no add at all. But on this one, it's uh, it's interesting. They, and also the, the way it is like persistent. Um, but actually, yeah. I love it. I think for me, that's the... Um, we haven't we haven't made a lot of uh, we haven't made a lot of like kind of uh, small adjunct stuff, but mm-hmm. I think that's our best for me. Um, there's still body. Uh, it's it's not like the body is a bit maybe a bit thinner than toxicity, but also yeah. the co- Incorporating coffee in the beer tend to like give the impression the beer is a bit thinner or drier. So for me, the body is a little bit on par with toxicity. But I think in terms of uh, flavor, um, it's really interesting. The the whiz coffee is popping up. It's just like there's no like green or bell pepper component that mm-hmm. I don't like about coffee. It's just like the kind of for me mm-hmm. like the pure flavor of coffee. You got a bit of um, in that case roastiness. You got some caramel to it, but also a bit a bit of like chocolate. fruit component. Yeah, some chocolate, mm-hmm. but also like chocolate kind of shit. a um, Almost like cherry pit, but mm. not like in terms yeah. of cinnamon quality, but maybe like almost like fresh cherry. And like, yeah, I, I like coffee, but I'm really like picky about coffee and stout. I think like, um, yeah, I don't like the 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 green character and like bell pepper kind of coffee stout. I don't like it. But like I like coffee and it's why um in that case it's the same adjunct as uh, Interstellar we released a couple months ago. And for Interstellar yeah. I decided to use um Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. Ooh. Even if it's like crazy expensive because there's like no bitterness, no acidity it's just like the coffee itself. It's just nuts and chocolate. You only taste like so, bit of hilarious. coconut. I have all these uh, bottles coffee, next to me for some it's yeah. not in the fridge. <laughs> Noah, it's supposed to be in the fridge, huh, by the way. Come on, bro. Oh, yeah. it's, it's empty. <laughs> oh, oh, it's done. Oh, it's that's empty. why. Right, here you go. Here we go. They're all yeah. empty. Yeah, no, these are these aren't. I, I just decorative bottles. Yeah. It's my desk, and uh, and these bottles are pretty, so I just leave them next to me to look at while I work. Yeah, <laughs> that's inter- I honestly I'm... think it's very. Go on, bro. <coughs> I honestly think it's very like from like the baby styles we did. It's different. I think it's the one that is the most sweet. I have the feeling it's the most thick one we did. Mm. We can I can feel like the acidity mm. from the coffee, and I think honestly it's very yeah. coffee forward. Like it's the it's the main besides like the the sweetness of the beer and it's chocolatey. It's like super like coffee forward. That I don't know. It's the way I uh, I feel it. Uh, 
but I'm very like I'm very happy of uh, of of that release. It's very different from the other ones we did, and I think it's the I think it's the beer that like the coffee like takes the most place and is the the the, the most well used from my point of view mm. from what we did so far. I love it. No, this is fire, man. It's like, lovely. Yeah, this is like you're right. It's not like overly sweet because pastries are great. But you, I feel like I always need just just a little bit of it. But this, like Noah was saying, I don't want to say crushable about a seven percent beer, but like I feel like you could easily drink this whole Corolla to yourself over a night, and it's not, yeah, and it's, you know, and it's not a problem, and you won't wake up hungover because of all the sugar in it because it's only seven percent. Um, all the different, and I bet you still a, might. I mean, probably a little bit, but. Like overall, the um, you know, the the adjuncts are sitting really nicely. Like everything's together. I feel like as it warms, it'll come out a little more. The nose is exceptional. The body is amazing mm-hmm. for seven percent. Like fuck, man, this is really good. Even just like the lacing, if you kind of go like that on the glass and then sort of let it go, like you can't really see. But like the way it's coming down is just sexy. Like it's a uh, super super dope. Like, you smell it. It's interesting like, because the coconut sure, is sure, so sure, intense, uh, but like. The, the oils don't seem to be affecting that head at all. Mm. I've noticed that yeah. a lot. I know exactly sure. what you're talking about when you were saying the barrel-aged substance. Like I've had so many coconut pastries that are just completely – and they've just got that oil on the top. And to be honest, I, I, I get it. Yeah. It happens. But I don't know. It's not super attractive to me. I think this is like by far the pastry stout that I've had with, with the largest head. Like that shit was like a solid like two centimeters right there. It was uh, super impressive, man, that you guys have been able to do that. Yeah, and it's not like sometimes you get like an um, ca- some kind of very fluffy, massive head on a stout, and it's because it's really like there is a lot of carbonation behind it, mm. and usually it's it's too much. And this one, it, the carb is actually a bit lighter than um, we usual usually do on a stand we, uh, on a stout we put in can so the carb is a, a bit more than usual and still the uh, still the the end and the texture in general is there there's almost like no fizz for me in my glass now there's almost nothing there's just enough to to have like some kind of um, of add and to have like enough mouthfeel and everything but yeah but that's just enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, Electronic Dance Muse is saying, I remember drinking your substance at King Hole in Sherbrooke untapped. I still pray God, I still pray to God today for it. Same taste. <laughs> I don't know what that means by same taste. Is that uh, right? is it, oh, is it similar to this? You're Maybe asking if this, this yeah. is similar. Is this similar to substance? Yeah. Would you guys say? No. I would say this is like a, a little bit like a baby sister to maybe Guerrepe or something like that. But even then, there was no... Was there coconut in Guerrepe? No. Oh, there were like coconut, uh, vanilla, and coffee. Okay. Yeah. So similar, but just no coconut. I mean, yeah, no coconut, yeah. Yeah. Um, tip yeah, I don't, think, I don't think it's similar to Substance. Okay. No. Uh, tip is repping for Jamaica. But it is... Go it on. is a... Um, but Canada stout. So in that way, it's similar to substance, I would say. <laughs> if, Fair point. You know what I mean? Oh. In terms of quality, in terms of general everything. 
Yeah, um, man. I feel like it kind of fits yeah. in. Yeah, and you were talking about that before, Mark, as far as like the this you guys definitely have something that's like you can drink the beer and like, oh that's a Bar Canada beer. In in all yeah. the different styles and your haze and your stout specifically, but they're all extremely different. I mean, I've I've only had a couple of the stouts, I guess, and I've had a bunch of the haze. And it's all very, very different. Even these two we just had before, like they're very different. Um so I think that's that says a lot about what you're able to do with you know, with the way that you do shit. Um, yeah, but it's like IPAs. There's like people. There's people thinking that uh, it's all the same. Yeah. Like all our sweet stout are tasting a little bit the same, and there's a lot of people. They were like, oh, if I taste it that way, it is like. It is a Buck Canada style. Yeah. And for me, this is, I like it. Like, it's the same thing for our, our IPAs. When I've, I'm talking like to customers or like our fans or people in general about our beer, and they told me like they, they are able to recognize that the, um, our signature behind a beer. Even if sometimes they, they are like tasting it as like in a blind tasting or something like that, because mm. I have like a couple of stories about it. And I, I like it because that's that's my goal. I want our like brewery to have like signature behind the style we are like we are brewing because we are not brewing a lot of different style of beer, honestly. For now, but I want to our brewery to to have like their signature when someone tastes one of our IPAs. Like the best compliment for us, it it tastes back another IPAs. Mm. Like you, you 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 like for I don't know. Is it's not that hard to make a good beer, but for me to to make a beer that people will recognize and, and recognize yeah. and the work behind it's like it, it just it it's another step like higher than just making good beer and mm. for me that's that's the yeah that's the goal that's the basically. goal that recognizable quality yeah. um, on that, I, I think we should shout out our uh, brewing crew uh, while we're talking like, please I think oh yeah for uh, sure yeah, talk about them so Eli, Alexi, Danik, Tanya, Fred, like they—they are the people like behind what's, oh, yeah. what's getting, like what's getting brewed, and they are the reason why it's stable and why it's so tight, and why we're always able like to do new stuff and like be very technical about our stuff. So yeah, man, shout out to them and please like applause them. Yeah, yeah, you know they what? are the reason everything is fucking simple. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, respect. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've got to gotta rep for them. Now, that's beautiful. I love that. So, I mean, you guys have a, a solid brew team. I like that you have uh, dialed, you know, down and you're like, all right, we make amazing haze, we make amazing stouts. Um, one of the beers that I had from you guys early on that blew my mind was L'Aspiration, the uh, Pilsner. I couldn't believe how good oh, that yeah. shit was. Um, is that two questions that lead into the next question that I have from the audience here? Um, 
do you do that? I, I've seen it around a little bit, but I feel like I haven't seen it for a while. So is it coming back? And then two, would you guys do like a line of um, of, of Pilsners and Crispy Boys of different Hellas and pill like Pils itself and, and you know different beers in that realm? Is that something that you would do in the future? So first part was like is last definitely. We're definitely with the new facility. We're gonna be able to do. We're we're we're, we're bringing in like horizontal tanks, so there will definitely be more laggers than what we're doing right now. That's for sure. That's amazing. But it won't be our main thing. But for like right now, it's it's because laggers. It enables us to do three batches of IPAs. Mm. So it's yeah. kind of. Considering where we are right now, and uh, as for production, it's always a sacrifice to do a lager. It's very important, but it's a sacrifice right now. So with the next facility, there will definitely be a lager program going on. Okay, perfect. I definitely want to get into that facility in uh, a second. Um, Electronic Dance Muse is asking, and this is like another question I kind of had for you guys, so I'm glad they asked. Yeah, I want to hear your opinion on the new smoothie sour hype in Quebec. Have you experienced it? So I guess like I've always I wanted to ask. You guys were probably, if I'm honest, like we were saying, you guys have been at the top of the trends for everything. And I haven't I don't think you guys have done a smoothie sour yet. Um, what do you think of that? What why have you not done it if that is the case? What's what's the deal? Be honest. You can shit on them if you need to. Whatever you want to do. Ah, actually, we have done we have done two. You have done two. Um, okay. Yeah, we have we have done two, uh, but it was only available on tap, uh, ah, okay. and it was just before just before the um, the lockdown. Ah. So actually, mm. it, it lasts like for a week or so. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it was just before the lockdown. So yeah, we um, actually. Well, it's a tough question because um, personally, I I like those beer. Mm. I've drank first like smoothie sour beer. I've drank. I've drank. It was like probably like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Because isn't that a new thing in the US? No, US first. First, yeah, I think the first one I've, I've tried was from uh, the Answer. And Richmond, uh, yeah, and after that, um, I've tasted um, uh, what's the name of the brewery they are doing like the all label are slushy from Indiana. Oh, 450 North. Oh, uh, 450 yeah, either. and after that, I've yeah, I, I've took, um, I've tried a couple of cans uh, from them, um, and I like it. The uh, the only honestly, the only issue with I have with that is the is the packaging, right? Like, yeah, it's it's really cool. I like it's super. I think it's smart. Actually, there's like a, a like traditional way to serve like Berliner Weiss in Germany. There's right with the serve with like fruit syrup. So serve it like with fruit puree. For me, it's it's smart. It's just smarter. There's like it's just better flavor, and it's it's really fun, and I like it. the The only thing I'm not a bit 
a big fan to package it in can because of the the risk of refermentation. It's the only it's the only thing I'm not like fan about. It's the it's the the way to package it. If it's like serve on tap and stuff like that, it's it's really cool. For sure, we'll we'll have like at both at both tap room and. And I like it. It's fun and it's super smart. I've like heard some podcasts from I don't know, but it, it's uh, like a brewery who do like super classical like saison and sour stuff, and they start to serve like uh, sour beer with fruit puree like only on tap, like for brunch and stuff like that. And I was surprised, but the brewery explained that. It was their way to explain, like the um, the way that uh, sweetness impart, like like um, the way the beer tastes and the fruit and stuff like that. And I find it like super interesting. For me, that's huh. the only thing. It's I, I don't want our can to to explode. Yeah. And it's not like a statement or a way to 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 criticize other breweries. We we have we are friends with like other breweries who are packaging it and it's fine and I understand what why and there's like a shit ton of customers who want to buy it and drink it but for me I'm like I don't feel comfortable to to sell cans who are who have the potential to to explode yeah it's it's that's fair. The simple yeah. answer to your question. The risk factor is too important. Like it's not, uh, it's not worth it. Like, like yeah, like Gab was saying. Like it's just like we we would have to do it at our place. But like we're already seeing that with the proxy mode. Like there's people picking up like orders for people. And letting him letting the orders in their uh, basement for like three four weeks, what happens with slushies? It paints your fucking yeah. uh, your walls, you know. Yeah. So no, but that's yeah. actually what happens. So we kind of don't trust our clientele. I think it's like for us, we won't take that risk. It's yeah. not uh, it's not worth it. Like, but it's definitely like I I enjoy also like slushies. I think it's a perfect like tap room beer, like morning thing, fruity stuff. Like you can do it very light uh, because you just cut it with puree, right? So what about, it's a very um, interesting style. You can do like uh, you can pass it like and literally like fre- freeze it. Like Mr. Ram, they have like a kind of slush machine, yeah, a real yeah. one. It's a very cool, uh, very cool thing to do. But it's too dangerous to commercialize it. We. I, I don't trust our. It's it's sad, but I don't trust our customers. Like, it's, we don't want to have problems with that, and it's yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, what yeah. about um if you pasteurize? But we buy like I buy I buy slushies, like because I know right. how to take care of it. But like, right. we're not comfortable commercializing it. That's fair. Have you thought about um pasteurizing it at all, like under heat, like the heated water, whatever it is? Yeah, is that it, too much it's, work? Actually. Man, it's really complicated to do, especially with cans, because there is like um, there's some equipment um, for bottles. There's a lot of actually there's a couple of breweries in US 
using it. Uh, they are using it for stouts, basically. Because, like, adjunct and stout is another issue, but there is, like, a well-known brewery life, like, cycle. They are, all their stouts are pasteurized. Um, now, um, uh, Bourbon County uh, stout from Goose Island are pasteurized, too. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, specific equipment to pasteurize bottles. Um, pasteurized can is, it's not, a, yeah, there's an it's involving like a lot of like very, very like expensive equipment, and it's like it's really complicated process. Honestly, uh, I still I still do a lot of reading and try to see like which like more stable uh, a way to stabilize that type of product. It's not like it's not something impossible. We'll we'll do trial to see if uh, if there's a way to keep like there's also a way. It's like it's doable to to do like um, to do um, like sour beer with uh, fruit puree in it and can it and to be very stable. But it's involving a lot of like. <sighs> A lot of like chemistry behind it, and I'm not sure I want to do it. Also, because it's involving a lot of sulfide, uh, a lot of stuff. So it's doable, but there's there's a lot of different like consideration behind it. Mm. So we'll see. It's yeah. uh, it's a it, it's it's something I honestly, as a beer drinker, it's something I enjoy. Um, and we'll see. Maybe at one point we'll package some if we we are we are finding a way to have it like enough stable to uh, like to sleep at night. <laughs> but I don't know. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I know um, Sean, at which Sloan. is not the case right now, unfortunately. No, I, I like that you guys are dedicated to that. I think that's uh, that's dope. I yeah, know um, we, we were talking with uh, Sean at Small Pony and he does a bunch of super small runs of a, a smoothie sour yep. and he was explaining what they do. They pasteurize it under some – I think he'd literally run the cans under hot water for so many so much time or something and he had this little machine mm-hmm. where you put the cans in it and, it and it heats it up to like 30 degrees Celsius and you can like see how the cans will respond – Kind of what Mark was saying, as far okay. as like if someone left it in their basement, and you can see like, is it going to explode? Do yeah. they swell a little bit? Is it just fine? Yeah. And you can kind of test it, but it seemed like it was a, a bit of a thing. And I imagine that your runs yeah. would be much larger. I think he does literally like two hundred and fifty cans or something. It's super small run. Yeah. Like you yeah. do a lot more than that. So I I don't know if it's yeah. feasible. Yeah, usually now, like with the the second the second brewery, it will be like something. We'll be able to do like those really small trial batches, uh, but right now it's like when we brew something, it's like two thousand. It's two thousand can basically, except like barrel aged stuff and stuff like that. But yeah, it's that's a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a lot of beer involved, especially just just to do some trial with packaging. And yeah. Okay, yeah. And actually, it's not like the the, the, the amount of beer that it, it's pretty much like the the people who are waiting for us each week to release beer. Basically, there's and it's and it's true. There's always like people they they want beer, so they are thirsty, and you have to feed them, and it's. When uh, Marc Andre was talking about like uh, uh, doing lager, it, it's not like it's not an issue of like cost or like or money. It, it, it's mostly an issue that we have a tank stuck for like two or three batches of IPAs, and I know that if I explain to our customers that that week we only have like I don't know. Uh, 6,000 can instead of 9,000 and he can buy any, like, he's unable to, to buy beer and have a lager sitting in a tanks after five weeks, it will be like, man, what's the problem? Yeah. Don't do lager, just brew IPAs. <laughs> So and it's, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I had a, a comment on my post today saying that we were going to be talking to you guys. And they're like, can you ask them to amp up production? <laughs> I, uh, in general? Back in one second. I, 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 I yeah. sells out in five minutes or something like that. So, yeah, I get it. It, it totally makes yeah. sense what you're saying. That, that's a good um, question and it's a good point and yeah we are working to uh, to increase the production volume by a good a good number but the, with the second brewery it will be like it will be like very different I hope so yeah but yeah since I mean, the, but I mean I also find actually, I don't know not, not, not to take away from what people say but I also find it kind of ridiculous that like the success of a, a brewery or anything, I guess anything that becomes popular, whether it's beer or fucking I don't know shoes or yeah. something else, it's almost like okay, you're popular now. Everyone wants your stuff, so everyone buys your stuff. And then you have no stuff left, and now we're mad at you for yeah. not having enough stuff. <laughs> it, it, like it always yeah. seems like and, absurd to me. You know what I mean? Like it's like this privilege yeah. thing that we have in society. Like it's it's your fault that we want all everything that you're doing. So make more, like yeah. I, I don't know. I feel and like it, it's just like a spoiled privilege make, thing. For here. Yeah, definitely. And the point, and yeah, and when we you are you are at the point that you're making enough, nobody buy it basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, like the second that Oval starts. Yeah, that, uh, a like imagine Oval did a big facility. No one's gonna want this fucking cassette anymore. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere, I'm kidding. But uh, beer is made true. to be drank. Beer is made to be drank fresh. So if you have too much, there's a problem. Like it's not something normal. I think for any type of brewery, like it's if even if you start historically, which is kind of a kind of brew pub or like. Uh, whatever like village brewery it's yeah you brew as 
as it goes out, like kind of. So it's yeah. I think the that's the, the the craft spirit we will continue. But yeah, there's beers that we can like when we'll start doing wild ales or whatever, it can last a lot of time. So that's okay to stack it. But besides that, IPAs, they need to be drank by by week four. And we'll always make sure our IPAs as much as possible be drank by uh, by week four. And uh, that's important, man. It's uh, yeah. it's freshness. It's quality. It's everything. Yeah. That was actually good. I'm glad you asked that or uh, mentioned that because that was going to be one of my questions to you guys. Um, and I legitimately don't know what your answer is going to be. Do you have uh, a plan at any point to do uh, to start doing some like mixed fermentation and a more uh, a barrel program that involves bacteria, wild yeast, that kind of thing? Um, so yeah, good question. Yeah. All right, it's a really good question. Basically, there's a couple of goals we want to achieve with the new facility. Uh, one of them, uh, for sure, is to have like a um, serious barrel aging program um, for stouts, but also for like wall stuff. Um, it was like something we want to do like when we opened the brewery, but it was like it wasn't possible, and we we uh, we decide to go like in. Um, different direction and to do a lot of like oppy beers right. and we'll still do like tons of oppy beer at the brewery it's just we'll be able to like to find times and space to do like uh more lager to do uh wild ale um to try a lot of like different like different way to express our um, barrel aging program with stout. Like uh, <laughs> our our barrel aging program with stout now involving like sixteen barrels basically, and we have like we 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 secure a space in our next location to have like two to 300 barrels of stout, just stout at the same time. Wow. So it's like, it's different. It, it will be like, mm-hmm. different. It, it will be fun. Like th- my personal goal to open the brewery was to, was to blend beer basically, was to, to do blend of wild ale and blend of stout. Because I'm coming from wine industry and mm-hmm. it's always like, Tasting barrels and try to like to have some kind of gold when with blending all that stuff together. I I like that aspect of like of I like that part of like doing beer and I want my role in the new facility to be like kind of a cellar master uh, for like all our barrel aging program so yeah it will be like a very important part of the new facility but we want to do uh, more uh, lager and we still want to do like a lot of like trial and search and to try like new technique to do IPAs and also to um, 
maybe like try to package like smoothie beer at one point. I don't know, but we'll uh, we'll uh, want to try to um, to do like uh, try new stuff and still looking like new trend of beer and stuff like that. Like I don't want the brewery to be like just stuck doing like the always the same thing and look to look the like the the new breweries and new people in the, in the industry as uh, oh that stuff is not like real beer and stuff like that at one point we 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 might will maybe like be old people looking the new young one <laughs> as uh, oh that's not the real stuff and stuff like that <laughs> but i don't want it at least at the beginning so yeah Want to uh, honestly? We, we just want to have fun and to to have like some space and time to do like to try to do like yeah barrel aging stuff, things that need more time and, and stuff like that. Yeah, we definitely like uh, Gab said. We definitely want to have fun doing beer. I think that every brewery tries at least to have fun uh, exploring doing. Beer, but like the, our main goal is to do the fucking best beer in the world, and that will always be our best goal. I'm not sure we'll be able to achieve it, but it was it will always be behind our mind, and we will always put our focus on that. Yeah. So whatever style it is, whatever we'll always try to be on top of things and try do it our way. And yeah, that our customers and our employees have as much fun as us doing it. So that's another that's another mission, I would say. That's great. Did we get into the the new facility? I know we've like talked about it, but we didn't really talk like really not, not about directly. It. Not directly. So right now you have a facility in in Gatineau, correct? Which is the brew pub. Yeah. So yeah. what size is the brew pub as far as the volume? Uh, in terms of like square feet, it's uh, two thousand eight hundred square square feet. Yeah, and we are um, in terms of production package. Last year, we've done um, hundred seventy. Yeah, hundred seventy. Hectoliters? Hectoliters? Yeah, hectoliters. Yeah. Okay. 1,700 hectoliters. 1,700 hectoliters, yes. Okay. Yeah. After, okay. Uh, after two, two or three beer, my English starts to... <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, we, we want to... Yeah, so that's the situation with the, the um, our actual brewery, which is like, honestly, like, for a brewery who have a pub, because... People doesn't understand that we have like uh, 38 seats plus a retail spot in it plus a really small kitchen. Man, it's it's a lot of production package in a year. It's like it's a lot. Eh? It's a lot of beer. Yeah, it's a lot of beer for for a space like that. It's like for real and like long term, it's impossible to do that because we'll just probably broke the old like building or 
stuff like that at one point. It was probably like some hole in the walls and I don't know. But yeah, well, and the first year with the new facility, we want to uh, to add, I don't know, I, I don't remember the number, uh, Mark. Give them the number. 1,300 square feet of like, uh, of um, uh, like, um, fuck, l'espace bureau. Oh, office some, space. Uh, yeah. Some space. Yeah, we'll have space. Yeah, it's twelve thousand square feet. Yeah, we'll have an office. We don't have an office right now, so. Okay. Yeah, it's basically like a counter bar, but whatever. Yeah, so it will be way bigger and, like, I think I, I would like to do the research, but I have the feeling that we we do like per square feet, we have the biggest production per square feet in Quebec. Uh, that that's a feeling I have, honestly. Amazing. For a brew pub, at the, wow. like for because we like for mm. seventeen hundred hectoliters, we're with twenty eight hundred like square feet. I think no one in Quebec does it. Okay, honestly, that's pretty crazy. So this new space, though, it's in. Is it far from the um, existing brew pub? Twelve kilometers away. Twelve kilometers. Okay, and it's yes. like. And you have, uh, and basically you've secured, I saw the pictures that you guys posted of the building being built. And I know it's not all your building, but you've got a, a big, a decent chunk of this new building, mm -hmm. brand new space. And you've secured a, a large like production facility, um, essentially is what it will be. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 10,000 square feet of production. Fuck. Okay. That's amazing. So. What's the plans? Are you, is this, is, is the point basically right now for people who don't know, like Bar Canada beer is very hard to get. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've hardly had any of your shit over the three or four years, but your shit is that good that it makes the top 10 of our, when we do the Quebec top 10 list every year, cause it's that good. Even if I have two different beers, I'm like, yo, this is, this makes the top 10. So the idea is that, potentially now because you sell out so quick yes you've got the highest um production per square feet potentially in quebec but it still sells out so there's a lot more demand than what you can currently supply so is the idea that when you get to this new facility will you be ramping up production of the existing brands such as hyper such as the um you know all, all of this series with all the uh the uh, historical locations with the pastry stouts, etc. But now you'll be able to have a bunch of lagering tanks that don't affect the rest of your production. You'll be able to have the barrels, Gab, that, like you were saying. Like you're really going to be able to serve the communities who are, you know, the wider Quebec community now with this new facility. Is that the aim? Actually, uh, actually. Actually, and I will try to answer super quickly to that question because, uh, like, it's a super good question and it's so vast in terms of, like, possible answer. For me, our my main goal is to have, like, at least one beer that people can buy at both locations. Okay. Like, just at least one beer in can or bottle, like when people come at the brewery to buy some. Because 
we spent the last three years having like most of the time like to we had to tell people that we don't have anything to for, for them to take out so i find it like so tough and we like we are a business at the end of the day and we want to sell beer to people so it's like just nonsense to don't have like beer to sell so that's for me that's my main goal to have at least have one product like all the time at all brewery to go for people who come okay so for example when you say now, one product yeah. do you do you mean the same product or just to make sure that there's at least something that someone can buy at all there, there's just at least something to buy so I guess that means that if, if someone comes in, obviously pre-pandemic, um, yeah. and, and sat down at the brew pub, had a couple of beers, had something to eat, and wanted to leave with a four-pack, they probably couldn't do that, is what you're really saying. Uh, they could yeah, do exactly. that Most like of the two, time days, uh, two days for 14 days. Okay, right. Yeah. And that's not, obviously, like you said, you're a business, you're there to serve the community, you're there to make money. Um neither of those things are happening because you sell out in minutes every single week that you're doing releases. So the idea is that you can ramp up production because really right now for the last three and a bit years, you haven't even been able to keep up with the demand. No, if not at all. We have a, like a super extended list. We have uh, approximately 500 customers in Quebec only that want to open the, Either okay. bar, restaurants, or it's mostly like it's mostly supermarkets and like specialized dependors. But there's only uh, there's also a lot of restaurants and bars that we will even if we crank up like the the production, we won't necessarily we don't want to like make sure everyone has of our beer because that's not like point of craft brewery, right? To be everywhere, yeah. but we want at least to our main customers to have a certain more regular on a regular basis delivery and be able to crank up a little bit the the volumes per customer open a little bit not too much but a little bit of, uh, of customers new customers some areas like quebec city maybe like try to have like try to either serve them more often or like try to figure some something out and we have actually a lot of demand for exportation so we will okay. try to uh, have always like a, it, it will be a small percentage of our volume, but we'll work on exportation a little bit because like there's so much interest in markets that want to de- want to have our stuff and want to discover us. And we want to also, uh, yeah, make the world uh, taste our beer. So, yeah. Where would you go? It's going to be a way of doing like, firstly, it would be probably in BC just because it's COVID right now or whatever. But there's, like, a lot of demand, like, in uh, New York State, Michigan, Vermont, uh, Spain, France, Netherlands, a lot of North, uh, South Korea, Japan, China, uh, Romania, uh, even, like, uh, African countries. But, like, I think after – it depends on what's go, what will go on with the pandemic, but, like, I yeah. think the most interesting right now will be BC, even if we're in the same country, but it's still like considered exportations and try to look like yeah. France, Spain, because it's the same importers and it's easy to travel from a country to another. And 
because when we do exportation, we want we always we want to do events also. So try to like uh, yeah, when we when we we send beer there, we try to have like two or three tap takeovers in France and Spain, and yeah, make our uh, make our stay work. That's so cool, man. I think that it changed the game for you guys, and I think on top of what it means for Bar Canada, I think what it means for Quebec too. I feel like if if Quebec haze is being exported like that, and, and and pastry stouts, being that you guys were some of the architects of that movement here in in the province, I think that would be a beautiful thing to to really put like the 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 province on the map. Even my friends in Vermont, when before obviously all of this, I was going down there. I'd always bring stuff for for him for my friends down there, and um, I feel like they become even in vermont a place that's like crazy spoiled with fucking amazing beer like they want even they want something from elsewhere and i feel like there's there's certainly a market for that and you guys have have got that rep like you're saying if you've got all of those countries asking you know knocking on your door asking for it it says a lot about what you've been doing um i think that's super cool man and the production size then of this new brewery, is there like a, a number of like, you know, right now you said you were doing 1,700 hex per year in the brew pub. Do you know how much this would add to it from the, uh, the production facility? Or is it like hard to know until you get all this stuff? But it, it, it is hard to know. We'll probably like... My goal is after the year two, we're doing like twice the production of the um, of the first brewery. So probably like three thousand egg or something like that more okay. with the new facility. But honestly, it will depend on a lot of factor. It's like we had earlier like all the discussion when we opened like the the first brewery and we we've brew like a bit our own brew portfolio with it, it it was and it was fine it was like interesting beer it was like it was um a bit like kind of belgian and some like uh, American party and stuff like that. So, to be honest, I have like always planned in my head about our program, about one style and stuff like that. But the truth is, I want to, I want for us to be like not stuck in a very like precise. Very precise plan about production and style and and brewing. If like in two years, easy IPAs are now I don't know the name IPAs. Maybe in two years it will be our main focus. Not right. because we want to be trendy, but just because. I don't want for us to have like closed door in front of us. I just want for us to have more opportunity and for for me having more opportunity to brew beer it to have like uh, more space, more equipment, uh, more staff and like more resources 
to do like uh, more research, to do more, um, to brew more diverse style of beer. And if there's the new style up, uh, we'll find that style interesting. It might be like the new Brut IPA, or it may be also the new AZ IPA. <laughs> right. So for, for us, it, 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 like in two years, what we are doing now, we'll maybe um, look at it like a, in a podcast with you guys in like four or five years and see that, oh man, that was the old times. And it was like, today's things are so different. So for us, yeah, the new guys just, are not brewing it, beers. Like that's what we'll yeah. be saying in five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, everyone will be into Russes in five yeah, years. It'll it's back the, to the, the return of the Russ. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're like, you're not bringing AZs, you fucking sick uh, people. It's that's so 2021. <laughs> We're all about oh, Russ right now. It's all, all about day. the Russ. Yeah. <laughs> lot of filtration and lot of Russ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's our new motto. <laughs> Back Canada, Team Russ. Yeah, it's okay. gonna be bitter contest. <laughs> You're gonna be bitter contest, man. A bitter contest. I yeah. use again. I want to see a T-shirt instead of saying lactose. I want to say Roos. Yes. Back Canada, oh, yeah. Roos. Think about it. Think about Team it. Roos. All right. I'm just saying. Did we want to try the double before we we finish this off? I'm down. Yeah, definitely. Sure. I think it's Timber o'clock. Definitely. I'll Timber go, o'clock. Go, go get it. Timber o'clock. Yes, it's a beer called Timber. T-A-M-B-E. I have to, I have to grab a new glass. Yeah, no problems. Oh, this is glorious. Yo, this stout was fucking insane. This is really. What's that? This was insane. I'm very impressed with this. Oh, it's so good, right? Yeah, man, it's beautiful. Yeah, tips love it. Lovely. Thank you so very I'm much. I'm excited for this IPA. Woo! Oh, this is the Wood Brothers collab, right? Oh shit. Nice. Shouts to the uh, folks out there. Shouts to Mark, Natasha, Louie, Dan. Tell us about this one, boys. Dan. Oh, the Rewaka. There it is. That's the Rewaka right there. Ooh, listen to that sound. Listen to that pour. That was good audio. Oh, my God. Do you want to uh, do a photo bit or do you want to do it after? Okay. We're going to get the photos as we go, you know? It's like action shots, yeah? Action shots. Tell us about this video, guys. Oh, you smile. Greg, open your fucking mouth, please. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to do the fake laugh. (laughs) 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 It's so fucking funny. (laughs) Did you know the secret to a good smile is a fake laugh? Dead serious. That's perfect. Yeah, right? Oh, fuck it. Look when, at that. What about a real laugh? Um, It becomes like a real laugh. When you fake laugh, it becomes a real laugh. It's like a it's like a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. Okay. You know? Wow. This smells amazing. Um, So did you uh, – did they come to the brewery? Did the Wood Brothers guys come to the brewery to do this or um, – or did it was it like an uh, what's it called a virtual collab? No, they came actually to the brewery. 
Okay. So nice. like it's been a couple yeah it's been a couple of months that uh, we're in uh, we're in talkings with uh, with brothers to do a collab. Nice. We they 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 get a taste of uh, our beers a lot of times. So yeah, we're we're fans of their beers and they're fans of ours. And like uh, somewhere in December I went to go meet them with DK uh, Danik mm. DK shout out with one of the breweries at the brewery. Oh, we yeah. went with Andrew Farrell uh, from uh, Dominion City. Shout out. Went to meet uh, the oh, guys Andrew. at the Wood Brothers there. I fucking yeah, love Andrew. Andrew. He's the and, fucking uh, Yeah, just like touch bases with them and go visit the place and have some fun. And uh, yeah, afterwards it was like kind of uh, yeah, like a red zone and like, it wasn't possible. But we yeah, yeah we we did like uh, Gab and the guys did the, the recipe virtually and they came to visit us yep. during the day and we had a lot of fun actually. And it kind of sucks uh, because they're not there. But I think the best pairing with the beer is a joint. So I'll like it. <laughs> Spark it up, bro. I'm here for it. It's legal in Canada for anybody watching in America. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, they're, they're very nice guys, man. Honestly, uh, Dan, Louis, and Mark, and Natasha also, like, very good people. They're very, like, in love with the beer. So it was a pleasure for us to do a collab with them. And uh, honestly, it's one of the best collabs we did so far. It's so fucking aromatic. It's so yeah. good. It's nice. Oh, it's crazy. Everything's on point. Like, the yeah. visual is nice. The collab, just having them, like, it was cool, like, to have them for a day. So, yeah. I have nothing yeah. to say negative about that. Yeah, they don't fuck around. Um, this is a really interesting uh, hop uh, profile. You got the Australian uh, Art Galaxy, then you got the New Zealand Rowaka Muteka. Um, yeah. How did you guys choose the hops? Because that's a pretty interesting hop bill. But actually, we were uh, we were discussing a bit about about hops. Uh, that was like the beginning part of the discussion about the collab. And I don't remember it, but they were like, they've seen the collab we've made um, for our anniversary uh, before. And they were mm -hmm. like, what? I play maybe with like New Zealand up and stuff like that. But they were, they were like, oh, doing maybe Nelson Sauvain with Galaxy and stuff like that. And was like, yeah, we already do Driad, which is like the same odds. Yeah. And, and at one point, um, I suggest that we use Riwaka because we managed to secure like a good amount of it. And with Galaxy, I was thinking it was like, Probably a, a really good combination, and to maybe I add a third ops. It's always like the third ops is like you don't taste it, but you need it. Like Matuika, it's it's a lot of like lime character and stuff like that. So in that case, for me, like you got Galaxy is like it's passion fruit. It's like it's thick. That's the yeah. big stuff. Uh, Riwaka, it's a bit more herbal, but it's, it's always almost like savory. 
Um, yeah, I'm getting and, that. It's, I, I'm almost, it's impossible to describe. It's like this. Yeah, it's, it's I, weird. So it's weird. The, the, we'll, we'll do a beer uh, using only Riwaka soon because. Like a single hop. I want to try it, just Riwaka, because. Um, I don't know. It's the second beer we we use Riwaka, and I'm like start to be like, I, yeah, I want to be to investigate a bit more about it because it's interesting. It's for me. It's now it's like a savory. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. <coughs> there's like a food component, but there's also some herbal, but. I don't know some kind of sesame or like seed character or it, it's just weird. And Matrika, it's like it's a lot of like lime or almost like key lime character. Mm. So I always find uh, Matrika is like it. It will never be like the star of a, of an IPA, but as a second or third up, it's to have like the citrus and like sweet citrus character, it's it's a great up. That's actually really well described. But, uh, the lime, uh, I can get that lime, man. The lime is like yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And in that case, for me, it's almost like key lime. There's mm. kind of a creamy lime so is. thing. I don't know. It genuinely is. I'm totally getting it. Um, electronic, I got a bunch of comments. Electronic dance music saying, Oh my god, guys, I want to drink another one. This was the person who was drinking one earlier. The the trip by bus was worth it. <laughs> That's his yeah. real name. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't who say. Who is he? Like, I, I have the feeling I know. Is it you know why? Is, is it Andre Sylvain? He guy, says, man? He says, I was probably your biggest order of the week. Nice glasses, by the way. And okay, then I, it was okay, shipping dogs. And he's in Sherbrooke. Oh, uh, someone in Sherbrooke. Okay. It's from Sherbrooke, and it was shipping bus. Mark, two days ago, we got a guy who just showed up at the brewery, and he sent us a, I don't think, a, yeah, it was on fab- Facebook and stuff like that. He was asking to have, like, to, to, uh, to be at the brewery outside the regular hour. And on the Shopify, there was a, a note Saying that he wants like to have like a very solid like extra what? box or something like that to uh, to Wasn't ship it. The it no, no, we don't have like any box to ship beers and stuff like that. So add to cut cardboard cardboard with the guy and to use like a ton of tape and uh, garbage bag to have everything wrapped because. Now we have like the trays are with the brewery logo. And if it's like you can ship any alcohol through, um, through uh, Canada Post. And, but that's the same thing with, with like people are shipping um, stuff uh, with the uh, Voyager buses, buses and stuff like that. Wow. So, and Kim was, Kim is our taproom manager and was, she was working on her computer and she was she was just laughing because I was there cutting like piece of cardboard and tape. Oh, for the Toronto guy, no? Uh, no, it wasn't a Toronto guy. The, the guys was shipping beer to Sherbrooke. He told me, 
But I wasn't sure and it, it it was like through Canada Post or like a buses or stuff like that. I don't know. But as for like specific like very tough boxes to ship the beer. That's and amazing. we 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 don't have we don't have that stuff. So it's maybe like the beer from uh electronic dance muse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Could be it actually. That sounds like it must be because say full point seven five. Possible. It, it could be it. Um, he also said try double Ruwaka at Hill Farmstead. It's crazy grassy yeah. AF. So I guess that's right. Grassy is definitely the the word there. Um, another commenter, I don't know, Buttick. <laughs> Buttick. Buttick. <laughs> that's a great name. He said the uh, collab was awesome. You should do more stuff with Wood Brothers. Would love to see a sour or a stout. For sure. I would also. Why not? Actually, fun fact, the collabo we brewed, like Timber, people thought, because we all had stout glasses on our hand, they all thought we were doing like a pastry stout collab. Oh, yes. They're like, oh, nice, finally, pastry stout, you're doing it. Like, let's go, let's do a stout. And like, we're just laughing. We weren't drinking your stout, but yeah. But it was a haze. It was a haze. I I feel like we were drinking. And worse, we're drinking SRM stout. A Mr. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From neither yeah, of you guys. it was a Mr. M style. <laughs> Isn't that more the fun way, though? Like, I always find the breweries never want to drink their own shit. They're like, all right, give me some other stuff. I drink my shit all the time. Like, <laughs> give me something else. It's true. No, that's actually, I always make sure to, like, buy stuff from SRM, Brewski, and, like, a lot of breweries I like. Just that people we, we get on, like, we get to taste our, like, friends and competitors, and we just... Like always, like what's nice is that the same. Like at the end of the day, we're like, oh, this beer is good, but ours is fucking better, man. Like it's so comforting. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to be arrogant about it, but no, no, no but we need to drink like the others I beer. Like it. it's, that. That's uh, it's man. like that. Like it's I don't know. Like it's they feel yeah. that our competitors feel the same. I'm pretty sure they drink a beer. Like man, that's the best beer I had in fucking wow. I I hope so. I hope so. So, because um, before, like, the borders close and everything, it's funny because I have, like, a, a good, um, I start to have, like, kind of a good network in U.S. So, I was able, like, to ship our beer, trade with uh, people in, um, in different uh, spots in the U.S., especially, like, um, New York State and Florida, Nice. So I was crossing the border sometime to to uh, send our bottles to like to, to some beer gig in like to have uh, beers from brewery like uh, I love who I want to try from US and it was like and it was so fun and it was not just fun but it it, it was great to taste like beer from different breweries like. That was uh, the way I first like um, tried beers from library, like side project and stuff like that. It was like I was drinking that the beer from uh, some style from side project, and I was like, "Man, we are maybe we are doing like we are bringing good style, but it's not like even close of the stu- the stuff they are doing." And so. Um, it's it's so great to to taste like other uh, to taste beer from other breweries and it's 
it's just always like a bit of uh, I don't know. You want to improve your technique and the way you're brewing, and uh, sometimes it's the ingredients, sometimes it's uh, technique or like um, I don't know. You read that a brewery use. 300 grams of coconut per liter for a stout. So you want to try it and you want to do it yourself after. So it's always a way to uh, to taste like better stuff. And yeah, it's a, it's a good way to improve its taste beer from other breweries. Yeah, if you just drink your stuff, if you're making good beers, you'll still making good beers but you'll never improve for sure yeah when well, i imagine like you don't if, if you go that if you only drink what you produce i mean like like you said if you produce good beer then you'll continue to produce good beer i guess but you're not expanding your horizons for back of a better term like you <clears throat> you're not seeing what else is out there you're not looking at what's changing what's different what you're doing that's perhaps better but also what you're doing that's not as good and you're not yeah i i i can only imagine like for me it only it only makes sense that you still go out and try and at least somewhat try things to see what's going on elsewhere because yeah. otherwise you yeah, end like up earlier yeah I'm gonna put... go but like earlier on, like I was being very cocky about like the others' beers and yeah. our beer. But like every like I, it's like it's important to compare. Like if you don't drink others' beer, you can you're not able to taste yours properly. Like you need to have like comparison. Exactly. It's very important. Like for everyone, like it's what what made us what we are today is what we tasted before and what we were willing to either try to reproduce or do it our way. But try to like figure out like brew it that type of stuff, you know, mm. by brewing other yeah. beers. That that's that's our main like R and D. Our R and D is tasting beers from other breweries in the states or wherever it is. Like that's our R and D drinking. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, and also it's for real. It's simple maths. If you have like ten thousand people saying that the stuff that that breweries bring is freaking good. You might not agree because you have like you have like your palate and you have like personal taste, but it means something at one point. Like there's some amount of people that they are thinking that. The, the the way if farmstead are brewing saison, it's freaking awesome. You might not agree, but at least try it. Try to drink yeah. it just to have a way. Just just to have like maybe an opinion or to have like something to say about it. It's like. Honestly, I pay four hundred bucks for a bottle of um, beer barrel time of side project because 
I've I've met a lot of people like in um, in festival in US and stuff like that that they were saying that that's the best like stout ever brew, and I don't know if it's true. It's a freaking good beer. Is it worth like four hundred bucks? I don't know, but I'm like I'm glad to have paid that amount of money at least to try it and to understand what's behind that beer and what's and why people are willing to pay 400 bucks for a freaking bottle of stout which is like crazy exactly. that's insane but it's it's freaking insane but i understand why because there's something there's just just more than a beer behind it and that's fine i understand why i won't pay 400 bucks again for it but i understand why people are putting that amount of money for a bottle of stout i understand why yeah well i There's guess it, it, even if even if you are disappointed, which is probably kind of likely when you're spending $400 on a bottle of beer. Um, at least you can kind of understand, all right, like you, you taste it, you're like, okay, this is okay, but it's not worth this. Why Why are people so into it? At, le- at least if you can learn something from it in the sense of, oh, okay, yeah. there's yeah. something something happening here that people are just in love with and you can at least try and pick that piece out whether or not you think personally that it speaks to you mm-hmm. in a way that costs that amount of money at least you're able to like better understand what people are looking for and then ultimately better understand what you want to brew yourself yeah. i mean okay people are really looking for this so yeah i'm gonna try and, and whatever so yeah, I mean, so yeah, especially as a brewer and a and, a, and an owner of a brewery, I can imagine. Sure, it's definitely yeah. worth you seeking out. And and I don't like the way I see it. I I don't want to like to told people who's make who are putting a lot of money to buy a bottle of beer that isn't worth it for me. Like putting that amount of money to buy a beer is just it's just fucking crazy but yeah. like if it's the if it's the best thing in the world in that style at least I want to try it it's yeah. like for me just in terms of like to be like curious about it and want to try it and for me man it was probably like I don't know if it's the best style I ever taste. But for, at least it's for me. It's top three. It was like it was like a freaking good start, and it's and it's amazing. It is interesting story behind it and stuff like that. And actually, Mark he doesn't like it, but that's a that's another sort uh, the issue. It's like it's like anything. Mm-hmm. If you want to be like I don't know to be the best best out brewer you have to taste all the best of course stout in the planet for me yeah 
I don't know is uh, there's uh, there's something there that you need you need to try and you need to be open mind about yeah. about that stuff and to understand what people people like and it's just and it's not like I I don't want to to make the same stout as other breweries I I just want us to what customers want but also what's our palates and at the end of the day to be to be happy with the beer we we brew so we are making the stout we want to drink and I think and I hope that's the kind of beer that our customers want to drink basically mm. So, so uh, Electronic Dance Music asked, what was the beer again? You said it was a side project stout? Yeah, it's called uh, Beer Barrel Time. So it's a blend of different like barrel-aged stouts. Uh, usually it's, it depends. They, they are doing like a blend per year. And it's, um, yeah, it's a blend of three to six or seven different different stout blend together. Usually it's and it's stout uh, like sixteen to like thirty months um, aging barrel. So it's and it's blend of different type of barrels also. They are they are actually um, the guy who uh, who started that brewery was a brewer at uh, Perignon. Mm, artisan right. ale yeah 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 it was making uh fuck i don't remember as the the beer with the um, abraxas oh yeah yeah i've had that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yes. so yeah, yeah, yeah. um you work you work at perignon for a couple of years and he started that project he was bringing like stout at perignon yeah, and it was and he, he was moving the beer to his own warehouse or something like that, uh, to barrel age, barrel age it. And after a time, he, um, he buys some brewing equipment and uh, he started that brewery called Side Project because it was a, for him, it was a, a side project at the beginning. At one point, I think he, he had something like 40 barrels of stout and it was still brewing at perennials. And uh, he started that project. It, it's only like barrel aged beer. So he's doing like stout and wild stuff, basically. Yeah, that's great. I think I've only ever had the, the chance of trying one or two side projects and they were great, but it'd be lovely to try more down the line but I, I think it's interesting what you were saying about trying beers and I, I think that's kind of a pitfall that a lot of breweries get into where they kind of they 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 tend to only exist within their own world you're right there bud I'm good I see the piss and I took my head up headphones off much too aggressively <laughs> I thought you were going to slip and fall again let's not talk about that <laughs> you motherfucker <laughs> um and, and 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 not that there's anything wrong with with diving into your own beer and and um you know like, like believing in what you're doing, but I think there is something key to still like 
examining what what else is out there because otherwise mm. you kind of end up uh it just it, i i'm i'm trying to find the word but um you're not you you can certainly continue you know create being creative in your task um but you're not looking at what else is going around outside of of yourself kind of thing so like I, th I I think if I were ever to be in that industry, I'd want to at least try hard to still try what's going on around and, and being aware of what's going on around. Because I, I talk to a lot of brewers and I get the impression that they're just, they're kind of existing in their own little ecosystem. They're not necessarily understanding. It's like, oh, why does everyone want haze or why does everyone want this or whatever? And, and you're just like, well, why don't, why aren't you trying to understand why people want that? And then, it doesn't mean you have to do it too, but you can at least try and put yourself in the the, the shoes of the the consumer or or whatever, or at least like try and understand what the beer geek wants in some capacity. I don't know if yeah, that makes sense. But when yeah, but when we are tasting others' beers, we are customers. So by exactly. being customers, we're able to do like beer that customers want at a certain point. I don't know, like, if I'm expressing it properly or... Yeah, no, it makes sense. No, like, that's, that's the key, like, that's the key, man. You, you need to drink others' beer. You need to... For first, to see if you're doing good beer. And secondly, to, like, if there's something new, just to get a taste of it and maybe consider it, like, do it. Like, yeah, man. Yo, you make a so, good point, It's man. so and important, I guess, like... Go on, guys. Somebody. And, like... um. And I imagine it gets challenging too because like there's there there is no objectively a like perfect beer or mm. objectively like this is like like I don't I don't think you could say one beer is objectively better than another beer because at the end of the day it all comes down to personal taste to a certain degree right mm -hmm. yeah. so I think I'm guessing a lot of the time it's it's balancing that right like like you said that side project beer was in your top three Gabe, but for for mark andre he wasn't huge into it so obviously no, you have different press preferences or whatever but so it's like it's balancing that like okay what do i like versus what do what does the world like and what is the world thinking is the best versus what the world is thinking is the worst mm. and then i guess finding some middle yeah. like somewhere in the middle kind of thing yeah, that speaks yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and I, I honestly, there's always that um, contra contradiction between like kind of new money and old money. That yeah, there's the new people in the industry, and like the old people are like people who's doing like new style and doing and people doing like traditional style and for me like there's that supposed contradiction is like maybe existing between those people or i don't know because personally i don't feel like baganada is a traditional brewery i don't feel it's like unconventional or it's a we haven't like start new trend or stuff like that. We are making like 
beer with like beer ingredient and we can have like discussion with what's supposed to be a beer or not but we have a lot more discussion in the last maybe two or three years about like palate um taste um and like what's Texture, a good beer and what's not a good beer than it was before? Like when mm-hmm. I when I start to buy beer, basically I was only looking like label. And if I like IPAs, I was like buying ten bottle of IPAs, and it was that's it. Today we have discussion about style. Historic of style, um, sweetness in beer, tartness in beer, texture, bitterness, and we have a way more discussion about what's in a beer than it was before. When I start brewing a beer with with uh, with Marcandry in a freaking apartment basement, it was like um, Emily. IBUs, it is bitter, it is not bitter. The, 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 the way we are, the way we are uh, talking about beer today, it's way more sophisticated than it was like five years ago. It's like, it's yeah. totally different. But for me, I find it a little bit like the same thing as it is in the wine industry. There's a way more chapel in it. There was me, there there's a lot of like people who disagree about like stuff, which is like not like in my yeah, it's not like major like really important stuff. There's people uh, disagreeing about like um, IPAs, uh, uh, putting like fruit or fruit puree in beer. And like five years ago, there were people disagreeing that using like, I don't know, uh, rum extract doing it for, to brew okay. a beer. Today, it's like, it's so, it's, it's another level of stuff. It's the same uh, wine industry about like uh, natural wine and stuff like that in those days. It's right. like, there's people fighting about like the, the super like specific definition of stuff. Then ten years ago, they were like making wine, uh, making organic wine. It was like something freaking weird. Today, there is like there's the best producer in the world who are making like organic wine. It's it's a little bit like like the same the same thing. There's they seem to have like more disagreement, but people disagree more to each other. But like, if you you take all those people together, they are making like beer that's that's way 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 higher in quality than it was like five years ago. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a totally different thing. Simon L. Crazy. No, it totally is. Just a really quick interject. Simon L says, you should accept Bitcoin in your show. 
<laughs> Can you imagine a brewery taking Bitcoin? Is there I'll any? I'll take a Bitcoin. I can give a couple of stouts for a Bitcoin. That's <laughs> maybe that? I can I can give at maybe 10, 10, 10. stouts for a Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's totally doable. That's Let's a, do it, Mark. Uh, I mean, that sounds like know, a great deal. What is that, sixty k right now? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> People could challenge us. Like, um, how much beer we're willing hey. to give for a Bitcoin? BA substance is gone for more than that. <laughs> more than sixty k. <laughs> Oh, easily. Easily. BA Substance is like the white whale of the fucking Quebec trade groups. You know? Is it really? Eh? It's up there. It's worth a Bitcoin. Yeah. People are just giving Bitcoins out. It's worth, it's worth two. Two Bitcoins. Earlier, to, earlier uh, today, DK, which is one of our brewers, uh, he sold... Uh, don't, he, he sold don't, don't say that. <laughs> ah, it's okay, man. No, let's, let's just say it. Okay? He sold... Okay, fine. He sold. It's okay. Like he sold uh, Benan, two hundred fifty bucks to someone, and this person sold it to four hundred bucks, man. There's wow. someone oh was willing to pay a fucking five month Benan four hundred bucks, man. Okay, so I so for you guys, like, I can't believe I, that. I cannot believe. I cannot believe that. Like it's not. How does it make you feel? How I, do you feel about that? I, I mixed feelings. I That's would. That's a good say. question. What's that? Very mixed feelings. Mixed. I, I'm mixed feelings. Yeah, mixed Break feelings. I'm happy actually that our beers are willing to like be worth as much on secondary or like in that case third like third, level yeah. tertiary market. At, at a certain point, we sold the beer also twenty banana was 25, 28, 25, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I think so on a commercial level. Yeah, to, on the commercial level, it kind of pissed me off, but uh, it's okay. Like it's, okay. I just like I just I just can't believe that a human paid four hundred bucks for like <laughs> even if it's the best beer in the I can't like, believe that. Like, yo, um, that's more than what you that. paid for the side project. Yeah, though, is that right? See, that's fucking yeah. crazy. So, like, the, the, is it like? <laughs> That's not what you you is that okay? Because I, I understand the mixed feelings, Mark. Because like the good feeling is like, wow, something we made, someone thinks it's worth like four hundred dollars. Like that's fucking crazy. But at the same time, like, is that why you got into beer to make shit that people are, like don't have access to, like for it to be worth that much? Is that a good thing? I'm not. I'm not judging. Me. I mean, like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I don't know. Like what? What does that mean for beer? That you know what I mean? Like it's an interesting uh, conversation because I don't like, think anyone knows. Yeah, this question. It's that so question? weird because because actually when when we when you brew beer, you want it's like it's weird. You want the right person to drink your beer in that case. Right. You want the the people who enjoy it and drink it to drink it, but when and that's that's the um, the weird part, like doing like all the production and also like the little bit like the um, I work on the on the marketing or selling space mm -hmm. is. You have people who's like wrestling your stuff 
for that much money. And for sure, like, I don't want people to pay more than that for us was a right price to sell the beer. But it's like, it's just, it is weird. And (laughs) and also plus, when you got like, one of the brewers were selling one of the beers at <laughs> point. And I was like, it's weird. It's weird. But it was it was part at least it was part of the process. So you got something out of it. it. Yeah, at least he made was, like he made the biggest cut. Like I'm happy that at one like yeah, the brewer I'm, that's I'm the, the biggest cut out of it. Yeah, yeah man. And I see that the guys, the guy who like Put is and to make it like probably make more money than us on that beer because like no people probably. doesn't understand but making like those evilly like adjunct stout it's not like it's not good business basically for us because it's really expensive and also it, it, it took time. So we are not we we don't have like the status of like angry chair and brewery like that who actually sold yeah. um, non barrel age adjunct stout at like thirty but thirty US bucks for a bottle and stuff like that and it's like in US market it is something like it is usual it is not like some very high price and stuff like that. Uh, for for us doing doing stuff like that, it's like it took time. Um, so we are not brewing like beer with fast rotation, and also it the price of the ingredient are like are are heavy. Yeah, like vanilla, it's expensive. Uh, coconut, yeah. it's expensive. It's also expensive, and it's and it's fine. And we don't want to cut into like using like um, bad ingredient and use stuff like that. Uh, like we we try to uh, to 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 find like better uh, better company to work uh, to work with them. We find a super good supplier for vanilla. Man, the uh, fuck, I don't remember the name of the uh, company, but the, yeah, uh, Colibri, Colibri Vanilla. Yeah, I don't remember exactly Man. the name of the company, but the, that woman, she's so into vanilla. She, it's impressive, she could, man. It's the yeah, you could it's you, impressive. You could do a yeah, you could do a podcast just about vanilla. It's, Man, it's incredible should. how, how passionate she is about it. It's it's crazy yeah. when she like just she yeah. was asking Gab question about the processing of the vanilla, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that woman, vanilla is her passion. Like she, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's every day. It's day like she wakes up vanilla, she sleeps vanilla, <laughs> <laughs> and it's but, not it's not a racist joke. Like it's just it's really it's it's really no, vanilla, no, for right? sure. Yeah, but f- for real, that woman is so passionate about vanilla. It's just incredible. But now 
she's selling vanilla, of course, uh, at the uh, Bacanada Brewery, but also at Messorium, uh, Dominion City, and other breweries. And she, 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 she's always like, uh, with that type of nuts, you should, uh, you should use that type of vanilla and stuff like that. So oh, she's have, like, she knows the game now. <laughs> Last time, last time I had a conversation, uh, like a discussion about vanilla with her. She was like, "What the fuck, man? You you talking about like mixing that type of adjunct with vanilla and a stout and stuff like that?" But yeah, she's selling now vanilla with like at all the breweries making like stout with adjunct in Eastern Canada, maybe. Wow. So it's it's and, really and, interesting, but the reason why she's selling vanilla to to all of us is because she's and she's just it's a nonsense. I like when I I talked with uh, Scott at um, Damien City, I told mm. him that if she reached him um, through phone. He need at least like a full hour just to talk vanilla with her. <laughs> it's like it's like it's a basic threshold in this. So no, it's, yeah, what's impressive just, is like it's it's not like there's so much ingredients done in beer, like but she's like only vanilla and like cocoa nibs. She's like, man, she can get you like she can fuck up your. <laughs> Your afternoon, like yeah. she'll just talk. About, like, <laughs> that's crazy. No, no we should get her on. No, it's amazing. Is, Let's get her on. No, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Definitely. Just like do- that. She yeah. will make, like we said, an hour and a half, and we're at three hours. She will make five hours on only Madagascar, man. If you want that, Uganda, it, that's two hours extra. <gasps> Yo, this Ugandan vanilla? Ad- yeah. What yeah, the hell? call this adjunct series? Yeah. So, it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So maybe we'll get you yeah, guys back true. with her, so then you guys can guide the conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll sure, bring man. Chantal. Sure. She's something. Maybe she could bring yeah. us all, send us all some vanilla. We can all smell the vanilla. Yeah, yeah but we we get should bring Luke also from YCH, man. He would probably be interested in. Uh... I've had Luke oh, on yeah, before, actually. Sure. I had Luke on. Uh, do you know what? It was right before Food Uni, actually. Because they had the um, okay. the hop farmers out from uh, from Yakima, so we did like a, a podcast with those guys. That shit was fascinating, by the way. Like like learning how the hop farmers work and like why I didn't know that hops could be patented, and that that's why you know Galaxy isn't grown in Quebec and all this type of stuff. It's fucking crazy. They uh they knew their shit, man. Yeah. Looks a good dude. But that's that's hilarious. I yeah. really didn't know the vanilla was that deep. Like that's actually it's cool, but it's funny as fuck. No, man. No, yeah. that's fucking. Yeah, it's everything. Like, it's, even I, I'm like, man, I can't believe yeah. still today. I can't believe that. I can't. I just can't. I we had the moment. Miss Rim was there, and she was talking vanilla and cocoa nibs. I was like, I was looking at yeah. Gab. I'm like, man, I'm We're so go. fucking impressed of what's going on right now. Like, yeah, she didn't even care about the pastry styles. The movie, yeah. man. What? Like, let it me was. talk about my vanilla. Shut the, the fuck up yeah. about everything else. Yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> talking about my stuff right now. That 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 half it's... an hour was so interesting. It man, um, uh, that woman something. Okay. It's 
It's so cool. It's so interesting. But it's like it's like anything. Like you think about about uh, having a converse, um, discussion about ups with Luke from Yakimachi. It's like it's super interest, interesting. It's super deep into like um, varietal no and history. Yeah. Don't talk will, about will, Infinito. Will, Don't talk about Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. And you won't talk shit about Aussie Ops for sure. You better not. Because, you better not. Yeah, I'll fucking be, call because, No, no. Because, because YCH doesn't, doesn't have the right to sell Galaxy or Big Secret and stuff like that. So Luke is always pissed about it. <laughs> but... Is it, it, it is the same thing with Chantal. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't have the right to sell uh, that type of uh, vanilla and stuff like that. But it, it was so fun to have us plus staff from um, from Messorem talking with with uh, Chantal about vanilla during like I don't know at least an hour. And vanilla is it's. Man, it's a fun product for real. Like yeah. no, I it think felt like a convention. Like she was giving us a lecture, like about like vanilla. The like university yeah. class. Well, yeah. honestly, I think That's it pays classy. off because the, the the way that you guys use vanilla is seems to be on another level. I don't know if exactly. it's if it's related to her or if it's just your brewing technique or whatever. But but like. But for- for real, which we, we try like maybe like at least six or seven different suppliers because we vanilla is a tough thing. Um, it is super expensive. It is like when it's good, it's freaking good, and it's and you you open a bag of vanilla and it's like it smell all around. It's like it just have that super like strong intense aromatic and plus when you put vanilla beans um, in a beer it tastes vanilla but it tastes vanilla that in a way that is it is not really vanilla it tastes like um, milk chocolate basically mm-hmm. when you have like yeah. good quality of vanilla and Actually, a lot of people are saying that all our stouts are tasting like milk chocolate, and it oh yeah, not because time. we are doing chocolate or stuff like that. It's just the vanilla we use. Okay, like good the, the, vanilla. The, your your stouts taste like uh, lava cake. You know mm. what I mean? Like that yeah. melted yeah. chocolate. Yeah lava cake and that's yeah. like really i feel like it's a, that's a quintessential yeah. thing for the buck canada 10 yeah. percent uh yeah. sweet stouts yeah like, Yo, even this that, and that makes this. so much sense yeah e- even and this is like there, lava cake though yeah there, there's two things who give that taste to our beer it's and uh, yeah it's the quality of the vanilla and the way we are Working the vanilla, but also the uh, some some malt we are using. But the the main factor is vanilla quality. 
when you use like very good vanilla, it will just pop. It just like you taste the beer and it just tastes like fucking milk chocolate. And mm. you was like, I haven't do like anything. I've just fucking deal with with Chantal during like maybe an hour, two hour of explanation about what's real Madagascar vanilla and how people are growing it and stuff like that. But uh, she she's she's amazing, but for real, she's really into vanilla and man, if you got like you brewing beer, you want to do a style with like with vanilla, the just the if you want to know that you're using good good vanilla, if it tastes like lava cake or milk chocolate, you're using good vanilla. Right. That's the that's just the simple way to uh, to give you uh, an answer about it. But there's there's nothing like that. Mm. I never would have picked that the vanilla is the reason for that flavor. Like that's yeah. that's even it crazier. Would be, it would yeah, explain honestly, why this like kind of blew me away because he, if they're using the same producers as yeah. you, um, they're they're the the these beers are are very impressive too. Yeah, yeah. There's Mastorum. It's not just vanilla, but it's part of the uh, of the answer. Yeah, obviously. We 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 have made like some stout um, without using vanilla. Who taste that way, but it needs like a different type of process and and stuff like that. But yeah, just straight good vanilla with um, with a with a with a good stout. You'll bring, you'll able to bring those, uh, those, those flavor. It's so crazy. Like you don't really appreciate because I always thought it was almost strange that people are always like Madagascar vanilla. I'm like, what the fuck is the difference? Who cares? Yeah, but but but, the, but there is a difference. Like like I tasted Mexican yeah, like, like coffee. I guess. The day the day Chantal passed, she like she literally asked us to taste the vanilla. Uh, the vanilla. And there was a Mexican vanilla. It tastes like fig, like like fruit roll-ups. You know, like the kids thing, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. It tastes like I was I was biting on it, and it tastes like that. Madagascar, like, does not taste like that. Uganda neither. Just a certain type of vanilla in Mexico. How many because different types? Various types of. Right, there's different types oh, in each country. Hey, even in a country, there's different vanilla and. Honestly, for real, I'll hope you will have like I don't know producer in Madagascar will just start to to put some uh, border just to set up their exact terroir and it because I'm sure that vanilla from Madagascar doesn't taste the same thing in one village than another village and stuff like that. Mm. A little bit like, and yeah, it's a little bit like wine and stuff like that. 
I find that. Yeah, they don't say like Valor- when it say Vaincrance, it's a blend of different things. So when they say yeah, what, what's going on with but, yeah, what's going on with vanilla? Is it like separate varieties? Yeah. I guess so, because depending on the region and whatever, like they don't like do different stuff. But are they blending everything from the country and commercializing like? But most most of the vanilla commercialized, I there's from the the same type of uh, vanilla in terms of just species. Right. But I think there's a lot of difference depending of uh, many like climate and like altitude and stuff like that. So I hope that we'll have a little bit like coffee also. That's what Noah just said. It sounds now, exactly like now coffee. Now we have more information about like if the type of coffee um, is on that type of soil at that type of elevation. Height. Yeah, elevation. Yeah, yeah. Right. So would there be like um, so? I'm I'm huge. I don't know when I talk about it often. I'm really big on third wave coffee, so I really love coffee beans, and I'm like only buy from local people. I'm very serious about it. So would there be like single origin vanilla type of thing? Like as in like Chantal, got- like that that should be the main like subject when you will interview <laughs> Chantal. Like would, she is the supplier. Yeah. She's the only one who can provide us with that information because otherwise where we buy from, they not get it's not like oh it's from Hector in that Mexican region. Like there's no like information. So are they blending all the vanilla together and like, right? Like what's the like what's the protocol? And I guess from a country from another it differs. And I have this feeling like because French are very good to exploit like for like fucking uh, like the um, uh, man what's the what's the English word but like matière première. Um, Anyways, oh, we'll come pr- back. Uh, Original materials, like like the actual things that make it, uh, like commodities. Yeah, Can you say that. Yeah, I guess so. No, is it the proper word? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about natural like, resources. Like yeah, there you go, Matéri Premier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madagascar is a old, like it's it's still like a French like kind of uh, region. So yeah, knowing them, they have the they are like they kind of separate from region and kind of. So I have the feeling that. There is probably like varieties and regions involved in like the vanilla industry. Like I have the feeling because obviously it's not sold in Africa; it's sold in Europe. So mm-hmm. they have a way of, I guess, commercialize it or like having a kind of grade, different quality grade. I'm mm-hmm. just, I no, don't know. I don't know. Right. Chantal, Chantal <laughs> could have the best answer on that, honestly. Yeah, I mean that. But is there a like, shortage of vanilla too at this point? I heard like, that. Uh, like, yeah, like uh, no, it's, it's right getting now. rarer and rarer. No, right now because of the um, COVID crisis and like all the collapse for like hospitality industry, there's like the price of vanilla actually uh, is better now than it was like for the two. Uh, for the last two years, really? I, I, yeah, yeah. The the price dropped. Why is that? And like by uh, there's there's less uh, demand for vanilla because of uh, 
site. Oh, because no one, no one's baking anymore or whatever, <laughs> like restaurant. So you yeah. brewers, you're, you're yeah, getting your yeah. That's crazy. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. All right. It's weird, Street, South Wind in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, probably only like uh, plus for COVID is the price of yeah. vanilla. Because prices of a lot other uh, increase. Like coconut, it just, man, I love coconut, but coconut is now try to reach vanilla point for uh, adjunct. It's the price really? of coconut just is skyrocket right now. Honestly, we, um, um, this weekend we are working in a, um, start using only coconut and uh, it's a non-lactose stout so we'll really yeah <laughs> but it's really interesting actually actually I, I i think it will be like a Kill. like a very interesting beer um but we'll release the beer in the next couple of weeks but i was like Stunned by the price of the coconut mm. because it, it will, um, it's only a um, coconut stout. We use different type of uh, of uh, of coconut. Some uh, some coconut is uh, toasted. Uh, other part is not toasted. There's different cut of of it. But anyway, we um, we use we use a shitload of coconuts. It's just, it's just so stupid. I was I was at the brewery this morning, and they were like just kilos and kilos of coconut <laughs> and delivery. And the production guys were like, "That's that's a real thing." I was like, "Yeah." It, it is true. We are doing like a start with that amount of coconut. So basically, it's imagine a liter of stout. Yeah. But we are using, in terms of process, about like 300 grams of coconut per <laughs> liter of stout. About so that. just, man, it, it's just stupid. I need just, to try this. Just, I need to try it. Yeah. Please allow me to try it. I, I, I didn't would, even care I if there's would, no hey, lactose. I'm happy hey, about it. Yeah. Hey, I, I want, I want and honestly, honestly, I, like I told you the um, the, the stout stuff, and I hope it is it it is good because we'll release it in a couple of weeks, and at that point, it just like we are working a shitload of coconut with the stout and. <laughs> It will probably be good at the end, but we never know. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's but amazing. The 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 um, the way I was thinking that stout is just like to create to to have like the most coconut stout of all time as possible. It's just like. Just to infuse the maximum coconut taste. The most expensive, but coconut wise. Like. <laughs> but it's not no. the most expensive stout we've made. 
Like, no, I'm just most, talking in the amount, most, like just the 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 most, yeah. It's just, the most it's just when I see pure later like coming like close to the brewery, they, they, they are just bringing more boxes of coconut and boxes of coconut, and then and I just and I. I just see like the, the, the guys doing the delivery is like what it's are not these Hershey factory? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the, the guys just bringing like kilos and kilos. He's like, what is happening here? Coconut to a fucking place who brew beer. If the, if the guys if the guys German, he's probably like... probably. We'll probably have problems in the next couple of weeks. But I don't know. I don't know. It's not against uh, German people, but it's against that period. It's just so weird. It's, it's, sometimes we have people doing like delivery from like stuff like that, and they are, "Are you a restaurant?" And we're like, "No, yeah, we are brewing stuff like that," and they are like. Why I'm bringing you like I don't know 200 kilos of puree of that fruit if you're bringing beers <laughs> like for, like for 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 the, for those people it's just like beers is like light and stuff like that so we at least trying to have like uh, some conversation with them about like our beers can be something else than that stuff but. Sometimes it's just it's just weird. People are like, "Why I'm doing delivery of like 200 kilos of coconuts for a brewery?" It's just weird. Just just doing a delivery of 200 kilos, especially of for one beer. For like, yeah, for for like just a guy who's doing like. Package delivery for prolator is probably freaking weird at first, met especially like for a brewery. There was like, I don't know those people. They are just weird fellow. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, that's that's pretty sick because people don't know. It's uh, speaking it's of a- delivery, like oh sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, I wasn't okay. saying anything of value. Please. Like speaking of delivery, I, it's a subject that's not necessarily related to beer, but I need to say about delivery. Like, get it off your chest, bro. Those guys, those guys, I have the feeling that they have like a kind of maybe citizenship, like kind of precarious or whatever. <laughs> like, no, but they they got those guys are th- no, but those guys are taking a lot of risk, man. Like we've seen deliveries seriously. Like I can't believe it's legal that they. Do that work. Not what that you, the guys are not legal or not. Just like they're taking a lot of risk. Like the the trucks are not in good shapes, right. and they are like delivering like very dangerous, like very heavy stuff, like very heavy stuff. Oh, you mean, like delivery, oh, you mean the delivery business is like a lot like immig- immigrant forward. I would say like mm, like yeah. it's. Wow. I can be, like I talk to the guys. I'm like seriously, guys. I don't get it. Like it's not. It's dangerous. Like I can. Are you talking about like the normal. coconuts and stuff? Just no. delivery business in general, in, in like period. in general. Yeah. But like for ops, yeah. sometimes or it can be anything like of whatever we order. But like 
man, it's it's we've we've seen like very dangerous yeah. stuff. I can't believe that the guys actually accept to do literally that. Like it's yeah. it's shocking, and it does not have nothing to do with our conversation. But yeah, I think yeah. it's still like very important to talk about it, like because we there are some of our suppliers like they they yeah. deliver bottles, ops, purees. Vanilla is easy to fucking ship because it's so expensive that you never get a skid. But I think, whatever, it's just, I don't want to do an hour over that, but I think it's like something that's worth mentioning. Yeah, there's definitely um, some issues with certain jobs in society. And then they, you know, it's often, you know, immigrants who will be doing that type of stuff. People that have less opportunities. I've, I've, I never thought about it until I became an immigrant because I was always just used to being a citizen. Yeah, and then I moved here and I was treated pretty shit a lot of the time. To be honest, I never felt so worthless coming here as a fucking white male in a patriarchy where white men have whatever the fuck they want. I never felt so worthless coming here as somebody from overseas and starting from scratch. It's mm. very. It's a good point, Mark, because. Imagine a white male doing that, but imagine somebody from South America or from Africa coming over here with the racism and the bullshit. And then they're going to be like, well, these are the shitty jobs that you can do. Fucking you can deliver these heavy things and put your body at risk and be around these dangerous chemicals and stuff. Like it's, it's pretty crazy when you really think about it, people in, in trying to move somewhere for new opportunities and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy that, but get, get like in that. our business, we in our business we see it in transportation. Actually, like that's that's where it's more apparent because unfortunately, like the beer industry is very like Caucasian, like bourgeois, would say yeah. at a certain point, like oriented. Like it's not only that, but it's Definitely. we're we're conscious of what's who is our clientele. Yeah. And but we yeah we we still like there, there's a lot of education to about it and like yeah. we are still like. Yeah, we're we're still like we can see like injustices like at a certain way, and mm. yeah, that's they're By part the of way, our business, man. They deliver yeah. our stuff. So you got you want to make sure these people are supported and healthy and you know covered and stuff like that. On that note, though, one thing you guys did that I always want to tell you, um, you guys did the first Black is Beautiful beer in Quebec. So thank say. you for that, which is fucking amazing. You didn't can it, I believe. I was told though. I, I didn't see it being canned. Is that right? It was like uh, brewery only. Brewery only at that time yeah. when it was open for a little bit. I don't know. Actually, we uh, we've made. Uh, it was weird because um, we've made the um, the other all, toge- all together. Uh, all together first and they were like uh, yeah and they were like uh, the black is beautiful uh, stuff um, was like actually like it, it, it was in the news basically because like they were like the project of the beer from fuck I just don't weathered souls. Weathered souls. Weathered souls. Exactly. Um, 
who, uh, who, who were like coming with a recipe and a label and stuff like that. But they were like all the, um, yeah, all the, the issue with like in US with uh, George Floyd and, but it, it was not also in US, it was like, um, it was also all across Canada and in Quebec about like, all that issue of like um, relation with police, police and brutality. Yeah. Exactly. And it was like for us, it, it was hard to, to brew like the exact recipe of whatever it's sold, but it was like, it was mostly to do at least something and to take a stand. About like all the um, all the news and all the um, all the situation, um, like in US, but also like in Quebec and Canada about police brutality, but also like all the race, all the racism and all those issues um, around that. And uh, yeah, to at least do something for us, it was in that case the only way to do it because we are not bring we are not bring a lot of uh, of style during the summer because basically we are trying to do um, for now our style program during the winter and to uh, fill barrels and stuff like that. It was like. The the best way to to brew it it was like um, basically to brew a specific batch and do barrel at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we only made a um, a variable on tap, which is which was like in term of um, dollar and stuff like that more interesting also because. It was like very easy. We've take a dollar per pour, basically, to give, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we 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 decide to do to do it that way, but for us to like, I've worked almost like twenty years in hospitality, like industry, to do like. The project with other half um, altogether, it was like a normal thing to do the project with um, to do the black and beautiful project. It was like was also um, a normal thing because at like I work with um, people from. Uh, from Congo, from um, Senegal, from uh, Ethiopia in restaurant. And it was like, it, it is basically like the same people. So it is, it, it was not something like different for me. It was like just one try to, uh, yeah, basically. And I was like, I was having like, like 
people are, when they were like leaving restaurants uh, at like 11 o'clock and stuff like that and they were like they were like um, police car uh, arresting them and stuff like that so the, it was like it was something I knew and so for me it was like not very different than doing something with um, with uh, hospitality industry. They were like they were basically the same people. They were like uh, yeah. people doing dishwash. They were like uh, chefs. Uh, so it was like it was basically the, the 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 same thing. At the end of the day, they were like. People they were they were like having problems with police, but there were also people they were um, they were just outside like regular society and stuff like that. So I don't know. They were like just people I was working with them. So, so yeah, for sense. us, it, it it was it was like and. It, and also, it, it makes sense like today, but um, during like that point of of the summer, they were like they were bad. like a lot. Of, they were like a lot of those touring the news, and you have to. And it just it's it's simple. At that point, you have to take a to take a stand. Yeah, if she, yeah. If you, if you put like the black is beautiful uh, label in your cans or balls or or your tap room, depend of the the way you're working, it just you um, you at least are aware that like black people doesn't they don't have the same right yeah. even. If technically they have the same, but like it's not the it's not, it's not the same story, obviously. No. Yeah, at least I at think... least you you made that uh, that statement that you acknowledge that. Yeah, that's for me. That's that's a that's the first step. After you can like um, give money to different causes and stuff like that and that's that's another story yeah but i think that like from Mm -hmm. my experience like hospitality there's a lot of people from uh, minorities i would say that work in hospitality a lot of them yeah and like we can it's very shameful but like i would say that in some experience working experience there was like you can see that they're in certain hierarchy of like uh, jobs that they have access and hospitality. It's very like it's very difficult to talk about it, but they're they they I've seen discrimination in hospitality, like especially yeah. towards minorities, like special like it's always you know like it's not like regular terms, like it's like you never know from week to week, like it's very uh, temporary always, but. Like it's the same people working for years and years, but they always have kind of like a temporary status mm. towards their job, and it's kind of it, it's very heartbreaking. Like it's 
it's something we could we should talk about actually and at least what's good with like all together and the black light like um oh fuck black is beautiful with the uh, black is beautiful as that we acknowledge that there is a we need to put work into it like there is yeah. there's something we need to yeah. do like those people like we people in hospitality are they all even when everything goes well they are vulnerable like if the place yeah. if the place is not working well they're not making so yeah that's a good thing about that movement like whatever and yeah in hospitality there's a lot of like people with special statuses and yeah people that would say that uh, have uh, low ranking jobs i would say so yeah, yeah it's very special yeah it's it's an interesting subject yeah, I'm glad you guys did it. Quick question: Would you yeah. would you do it again? Would you be able to do that beer again? Because we had Marcus yeah. from Weathered Souls on the podcast, and he said that it's a uh, it's an ongoing thing. So, like, while All Together was specifically in that May June time period, Like Is Beautiful can be yeah. done as often as you like. So, would you guys consider doing it again? Yeah, yeah. Would you can? I it? think Just so. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, it's a actually, 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 if you if we are doing it again, we'll do it in a for sure bigger scale that we've done because mm, it was be basically great. we 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 and the the way I will tell anyway, it's at that point in uh, spring we had the. Uh, uh, a batch of like stout and we want to do something to raise those issues and for sure it was like we, j we just do something like really small it was only at the tap room and stuff like that and it's not because the like the purpose of Black is Beautiful was not like big. It was just because it was the the way our like production schedule was. But for sure, we'll do it again. And when we'll do it again, we'll do it bigger than uh, it was at the at the spring. That's because awesome. for sure, it's like for us, it's not only something important it's we want in general and not only in terms of races and stuff like that we want more diversity in beer industry we want more women we want uh, people who identified in terms of like different gender more in the industry we were we want more people from like different backgrounds and stuff like that. It will just bring more interesting perspective and like yeah. we we just want to do better. Like actually, like in our industry, our like common enemy is like Molson and Labat. There's yeah. like so many like market percentage on or I don't know how to to phrase it, but there there's like so many share to just 
have for us that than uh, it is right now. So it's not like we we won't we won't have those share with like people in their thirties who like speak French and are white. If we want more in craft beer industry, we'll we'll need to have like people from different backgrounds. Um, and we'll need like people from different, uh, yeah, from different like races, different gender, different speaking, and stuff like that. And we need that now because, yeah, for real, like beer, beer, beer industry, it, it's not like it's weird, but it is not. A, an industry was growing. It's an industry was declining. There's people are drinking less and less beer. If you take per capita per year, so we'll need we need to have more people from different backgrounds. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's the only way for it to grow. But we definitely, yeah, we definitely need to integrate them in the workspace and the production and marketing, and service. Like even the hospitality industry, they yeah. usually they are like hidden, like behind. They're not necessarily in like some area or like front yeah. house or in sales in general. They definitely uh, there's a like honestly like I had. I had a discussion with Jacob today. Like he, oh, he talked to you about the, it. The brewery, so. Did he tell you about yeah, the so, uh, thing? Yeah, that, that's that's very what we're talking about. It's like totally like like uh, like LinkedIn, like the the project he's working with you. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say, so integrating minorities like, and definitely it's something uh, where we will uh, will get our like we'll, we'll participate to that and Sick. like I very hope that. We would have like minority, not necessarily like African descent or whatever, like just, just minorities anybody. that are yeah. interested, are interesting in the beer industry. We'll give them like, uh, yeah, uh, we'll do a kind of like uh, apprenticeship or like just hire them for a certain time, like uh, weeks it. or months or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're definitely down with that. It's it's something, and we're we're lucky actually in Gatineau. We have such a great like cultural diversity, so yeah, hopefully man. it will be easy to attract like good kind of candidates uh, in that program. So That's yeah, um, uh, yeah. Honestly, man, I love to hear that. I think it's it's really cool. And being that you, Sankey M, and Sir John were the three breweries in Quebec that did Black is Beautiful mm. in the first place. I'm not yeah. surprised. So I'm really happy to hear you say that. I think it's the only only way that beer is going to grow in 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 the world. There's enough bearded white guys in beer. If we don't get what you're saying, yeah. Gab, like we don't get different genders, different LGBT, different be- people from different backgrounds who aren't exposed. Because beer is flavor. Flavor yeah. is everything. Every single human being is into flavor. So the the beer industry has to reflect that, or it's fucking up. So I think we have to proactively yeah. do it. And yeah. I yeah. l- I love that you guys are uh, a super down, and you guys were, the we're first. definitely. Oh, uh, so thank you. We're we're down to participate to that kind of project. It would be our pleasure to. Uh, yeah. We definitely want and that in our team, man. Definitely. 
Yeah. And to be and to be honest, we haven't we haven't done that much. Like if we if you if you consider that we opened like uh, three years ago, we haven't done that much. Mm -hmm. So I think we have like space to to improve that aspect just in our like business practice. Yeah. Like there's it is like it is good and it is fine to like consider that it is a good thing to for the industry to have like more diversity and stuff like that but we have to we have to put words into action and i think that yeah. Yeah. being a brewery we have like now three years we now three years old we can Yeah, we, we, we can do more than we are we have done since the beginning. Yeah. We can accept those kind of missions. I would say that. We yeah. we have yeah. the yeah, we have the yeah, yeah, think, we have the stature to kind of like okay, we're we'll be like godfathers to that cause and yeah, yeah we will let's put some uh, energy in that. Yeah. I love it. Honestly, yeah. it's that makes Sounds me amazing. smile. That makes me genuinely smile. I think that's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you guys for all that you're down to do for that, and that you started off with the black is beautiful. So, I feel like that's almost like a good way to, to to wrap this up. Being that we're drinking the stout, yeah. we just talked about some positive shit. Honestly, boys, it's a fucking honor to have you guys on. It's been a, a long time coming. It's awesome. Um, I appreciate everything you guys have done for the province of Quebec and for for the beer that you've pioneered from the haze to the stouts. Um, even the crispy, the aspiration was amazing. I just feel like, uh, you know, you guys are doing some beautiful things. You're great fucking dudes. Um, you know, you're, you're just pushing the, 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 the movement forward in, in Quebec. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys for that a lot. Um, you know, I wish we could have done this in person at the brewery, but we will do it eventually. And this is a great way to get it going. And we'll just try and check in regularly and do this shit because you guys are, are growing so fast and doing so many amazing things that uh we're gonna keep doing this i love it and i appreciate your time this is great my pleasure no, it was, was very, amazing uh, very fun man. honestly it was uh i was not expecting that it would last that long but it was, <laughs> it was a great did i tell you it was did great did i tell you <laughs> it's not done yet it's not done yet but it's not done yet yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, so far, it's, uh, so far it's pretty good, yeah. I was like, to we be honest... Do, honestly... <laughs> go. No, no, go, go, go. I was just looking at the clock because I was looking at Gab and I was like, yo, last time we were talking, you were like, I go to bed at 9 p.m. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's nearly one o'clock. Like, But you're doing good. <laughs> you're, you're holding up, my bro. I'm yeah. proud of you. Sorry, Mark. Me too, you? man. I don't know if you've seen me yawning a few uh, times. Yeah, no, I, I, I caught you. Sorry, Mark, what were you saying, bro? No, I appreciate the, all the conversations so far we had, and we were able to talk uh, race issues and like yeah, man. just like at half an hour on vanilla. We're gonna be judged <laughs> for that. Like people are gonna no, but seriously, doing half an hour on vanilla. Like who does that? Back like Jello does not. Jello does not do half an hour on vanilla. Like we, we're we didn't the even first, scratch the I surface the either. Like the first just... human, yeah. 
We're the first podcast to talk after an hour about vanilla. <laughs> I have, the, okay, I have that feeling. Yo, if you guys want to do a podcast with that lady and you, all four of us with oh, her, oh, oh, I'm down. Oh, I'm fucking down. I'm totally down. No, no, no. You down? Uh, Craig, I'm fucking down to do a podcast with Chantal. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's for sure. Dada, I'm not joking. We got to get, we gotta get some pastry studs to drink. Though. Yeah, I was going to say, if, 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 oh, there's a, if there's a it's bunch the of beers, yeah. if there's a bunch of different beers with different types yeah. of ben- vanilla that we can have to try it, and maybe oh, even some That would some be beans, so amazing. I would That'd do be so like, amazing. Yo, say the word. We could schedule that anytime because that would be. I I think the audience would be like, "This is fucking fascinating." Because nobody's done a podcast <laughs> on vanilla. I bet you there's no vanilla podcast. We're already done thirty minutes. Let's do three hours on vanilla. Watch us do that shit. Shout out could do more than that. I'm pretty sure about. It. I'm. I, she could I do believe- three hours, like on texture, just on the texture of vanilla. She <laughs> could do three hours. <laughs> Honestly, it's got me like fascinated. She'll fucking, she will talk about fiber and touch and whatever. And I'm just joking, but yeah, definitely. She probably uh, could. On suppliers, there's definitely a show about suppliers that is. uh, Yeah, man. That would be cool for you guys. uh, Then let's approach because I'd I'd love to have even you guys like be there with us because you guys would be the conduit to it and be able to explain it and talk about, she can talk about the product and then you guys can talk about how you used it in your final product. So it's like the raw material plus the final product and we could like compare the two and then get both sides of it. And I think that would be fascinating just because yeah. it's such an interesting thing. And like Noah was saying, you guys use it to the point where it actually dictates the the, the texture of your beer and the way that your, um, your, your stouts are tasting. And if there's vanilla that's that important, I think that could be something that's uh, a, a really unique yeah. episode. So let's let's get in that group chat about that. I think that would be dope. But for real, yeah. guys. Yeah, sure, sure. Genuinely, thank you for your time. I'm I'm so appreciative of, of you guys and the fact that you came and dropped off the beer and uh, you know through all of this yeah, shit. Um, that was epic. Thank I, you. I, I genuinely appreciate it. I appreciate you both. I think what like I said, what you're doing for the scene is amazing. Um, Let's, uh, Noah, start with you. Where can everybody find you online, bro? Um, well, uh, I wrote a blog, and you can be accessed, you can access it at beerism.ca. Um, on Facebook, I'm beerism, and on Instagram as well. So it's beerism.ca it. on Instagram. Yeah, but if they just search, they'll find it. Uh, maybe you never just want to make sure, you know. <laughs> uh, Gab and Mark, where can everybody find Brasserie Dubai Canada online? They can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, fucking, uh, you can find us like in the beer stores for three minutes. <laughs> for three minutes, our, if uh, you like. On, sh- on, sh- on Shopify for two and a half. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, or you can just, but yeah, you can find us at our, uh, at actually at our brewery at 455 Lagap in Gatineau. I love we will it. have a second soon. Or we have when we deliver sometimes uh, in Montreal or like North Shore, South Shore, or in Utahwe region. We uh, we have a couple of customers, but yeah, the best is to come and see us in person or to buy online on Shopify. But Canada Point Beer, that's the best way of having all our products. It's on it. Canada Point Beer. I love it. Uh, we need to take the thumbnail for YouTube real quick. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna oh, take a, right. I'm gonna take a screenshot. I'm trying to hold the beer cans up. Here we go. All right, here we go. Ready? Hold something up. 
There you go. There you go. Get the stout. There you fucking go. Open. Yeah. Oh, you sexy bastards. That is glorious. I love it. That is saved. Um, boys, thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Guys, uh, thank you for watching. If everyone enjoyed the episode, mate, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell. So you know when the new do drops, follow us on social media at BOS Podcast and check out the long-form audio so you can hear attractive motherfuckers like the three gentlemen right here talking about craft beer in Canada. Guys, stick around on the call at the end. We'll say goodbye. Appreciate y'all for watching and listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.